Hello, and welcome to another episode of Waiting for Game. I'm going to be your temporary host for this episode, Edwin Budding. And we got a crew of green foxes surrounding me today. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to be talking about what's coming up this weekend. We got Ludwig's event, LACS5. We got a stacked last chance qualifier. We're in the thick of the summer. We got so many big events coming up. We're going to start with this one. But the first person I want to introduce to tonight's show is someone whose perspective of Melee I always want to hear, no matter what time it is, no matter what set's going on, I want to hear his thoughts. Um, he's commentated a lot of sets that I've seen before. Um, he plays a great fox. He's a big fan of Silent Wolf. And I'm talking about my good friend, Ambis Sinister. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing tonight, Ambi? I'm doing good. Uh, yeah, I definitely overshot my ITG set that I played immediately before this. And then I had to come immediately from my stream into this stream. So definitely pretty tired. I definitely was not planning on that to, to go that way. But you know what? I'm here now. And now we're going to be talking about some, uh, some Melee. So happy to be here. Yeah, I, I'm happy you're here too. And I just want to say, Toph and Chroma, it's great having both of you on also. Uh, I always love talking to both of you about Melee. I think we got a really fun show co coming up tonight. Uh, Toph, how's, how's everything with you? I also came from playing ITG, actually. Uh, that's why I'm kind of sweaty. So I guess that makes two of us. Um, so Chroma, I mean, balls in your court. Yeah, I mean, I like to play this version of ITG where I take a step and my cat immediately tries to step under <laughs> me. And if I hit her, she makes a meow like she's been punted a billion miles and she needs an extra treat and I go to jail. So, you know, there we are. It's like a jack. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I I think it's it's kind of funny that uh that two of you are big into ITGs and that's like a form of fitness. We got a lifter over here. We got a stationary biker right here. So you know we're we're all crazy about about fitness and melee apparently together. Uh, I used I I almost used to I, I wish I could still say that I played Green Fox also, but I've been lately playing Blue Fox a lot more Ooh. often and. Yeah, I don't really know why. I've always liked the color purple. And the, the the palette that he has for, for blue kind of looks purplish. I'm not crazy for that, right? Like, I got into an argument with, this, with someone who, like, he, he swore that, like, it wasn't purple. But I, I thought Fox looked purple, the like, boots and everything. I can't see colors that good. So I, I'm with you. Everyone makes fun of me. Yeah, fair enough. So I guess, like, one thing I want to, like, ask you guys before we jump into everything else is uh well let me start with the story okay there's an episode of four fight side fights last year it was in like october and on it was zamu and one of the topics that came up was would you rather win the big house or would you rather win lacs and which event was genuinely more prestigious and i just want to say that like i thought the fact that this topic came up was insane like LAC or that the ludwig smash invitational within like its first iteration Zamu was on board saying that the Ludwig Smash Invitational was the most important event of the year, that he would rather win it and rather attend it than go to the big house at any point. And, and keep in mind, we're comparing literally one event to like one of the premier majors of the year, right? Like this is something that's happened 10 times. It's going to happen an 11th time this year. It has prestige, it has history in the scene, and already, already we have a top player saying that he'd rather go to the Ludwig event than win it. So uh, one thing I kind of want to ask you guys, and anyone can can start off talking about this, and 
any order or whatever is where does like like does by virtue of being associated with mogul does this event just immediately jump up into super major category is it is it the most prestigious event to win i i don't really know i i wrote about this in my column and a redditor got mad at me so i don't, I don't know whether uh <laughs> as they get mad at me for many things and i don't know what to think am i crazy am i crazy for thinking it's good but not the big house or genesis i don't know um i think that so summit grew into uh I would say a tournament series that became incredibly prestigious to win, right? It didn't really necessarily start that way. I've kind of talked about this a couple of times, but like in the early summits, there was this kind of like the original pitch. And 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 when they when they told me about the first summit, um, I honestly I envisioned something completely different than what it ended up being, right? Because they were kind of like, we're gonna get a bunch of gamers for like five days, it's gonna be way longer than every turn. We're gonna put them in a house, and there's gonna be like, you know, we're just gonna there's just gonna be shenanigans. We're gonna get top players on the couch. They're gonna and I was envisioning like a reality show where the tournament is like secondary, and I think a lot of the other players were as well. And of course, it became you know over the years. I think you know maybe to fill a void or some. It kind of became a tournament that like was like this is the tournament to win. You know, especially like during COVID with Seven Eleven, et cetera, et cetera, and and with the prize growing prize pool. Um, and I think that like you know we may look back on this tournament and be like, man, it really fucking mattered. You know, depending on what Ludwig and the team want to do with it. Um, so, so I, I, I feel like this question, honestly, like, like truly gets answered in a couple of years. So your vote is going years. towards, it's, it's too early to say for now. And it might, yeah, it's too early to say for now. It might end up, you know what I mean? We still talk about how Armada was the only player to four Pete or to win four summits at all. Um, and, and, uh, and, and that's something that we now, I mean, it's like, that was some shit, uh, you know, but I think Mango talks about this a lot, maybe you know, and maybe he has some personal, you know, skin in the game because he didn't win a summit for a long time. And so he kind of would subconsciously downplay it. Whatever, you can say whatever you want. Point is, um, yeah, I think it, it might end up mattering a lot. You know, we might be talking about this, you know, for years to come, depending on how the series grows, depending on what the mobile team ends up doing with it. Yeah, Chroma, what do, what do you think about this? You, you think that uh, any mogul event whether it's the Ludwig Smash Invitational, LACS. You, yeah, I really like the Summit comparison, for instance, as something that eventually like, grew to have that status in the scene. And that was doubted at first before it became, you know, something as prestigious as anything else. Chroma, where, where do you fall on this question? Yeah, I mean, Summit's a great starting point because I think you can just argue directly this is more important than Summit. And the reason I say that is because if you look at the strength of the players that come in, I'm, we're looking at this LCQ and we're going to talk about it later. The top four are going to advance to a five-round Swiss that succeeds into a double elimination bracket against the 12 invitees. Mm. There is not a weak, you know, there's no meme pick. There's no weak player. There's really nowhere to argue that this isn't going to be an absolutely abysmally hard tournament. I mean, I'm looking for the people who are seated to, to like get 33rd or I'm sorry, 25th. And these are your people that, you know, could contend for top 100. Probably a lot of them will. Your, you know, your 17s are people who can start contending for, like, top 70. It's it's unbelievably deep, that. Um, and then to make it through the actual bracket and win the whole thing, you have to go against basically every active strong player in the game. It's hard to deny. As far as the spectacle of it, Summit, of course, excellent production. You're never going to have something that is exactly like that. But the exposure that Ludwig brings is is strikingly huge i mean it's mm -hmm. it's fantastic so you have a very you know you have a lot of sets being played which really matters towards the end of the year you have all the big hitters which really matters towards the end of the year and rankings and prestige um and you have kind of the spectacle of the presentation 
all those together, they're very important. I will say, though, in my book, nothing really ever beats the big open super majors. And I think that's true as an event and as a competition. As a competition, there's just something different to having that many people come and they all manage to show up and they're a little bit more incentivized to hang around. Here, if you don't make it past Friday, you know you're you're in Vegas and it's it's pretty expensive. That can be pretty tough. And, and maybe you don't really have that much exposure to play time. Though I, I've heard last time it was pretty good. Um, and then as far as an event, what Mogul Moves and Aiden and the team does, I mean, these are incredible achievements. I mean, they have yet to miss, right? But I still think, you know, like a three-day huge super major, that's what I would need. And I think that might never change. Well, let's drill down on this, right? Because not every major is equal. You know, the, the scale of something like Get On My Level or Super Smash Con is certainly different than, than Genesis or the Big House, right? So are we talking any event, if it's a three-day super major, is more, it tests an important enough set of skills that it gets more prestige than Mogul? I mean, we're, we're talking about something, like you said, that has a big cultural place in the scene, but it also has a lot of money, which, which draws top talent. So... If, if you were to place it sort of in this sphere of of all these different events, is it, is it immediately below the, the other majors? Or, or do you think it's I above think, some of them? I think it's literally only below Genesis and Big House. And, you know, maybe something like Evo if that ever happens again, right? I, and, you know, like, like something with Shine, I think this goes above Shine. I love Shine, but I think it goes above Shine. I think it goes above Gommel. I think it goes above BOBC. I think it literally goes above everything else but the big ones. I'm going to draw a comparison to other fighting games. I think that for a long time, Capcom Cup um, was... Let me put it low. Let me, let me flip it. I think for a long time, Evo was the thing to win in the fighting game. Like for Street Fighter, for example, let's say. Um, and I still think it is probably the thing that gets talked about the most. But I would say that Capcom Cup has been elevated to that level. And... To be perfectly honest with you, I think something that got Capcom Cup to that level is the prize money. <laughs> uh, and I think that there is one way that Ludwig can make LACS as a series a bigger deal to win than everything else, and it's by having a fucking million-dollar prize pool. <laughs> I think if there's a million-dollar prize pool, you don't care about there being a three-day... You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm, but, mm -hmm. but we're not there yet. Again, that's why I'm saying, you know, this, we'll find out. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's a, a that's take. a very good point. I would that's <laughs> yeah, one, once that million dollar prize pool is there, <laughs> it'll be surprisingly easy how how quickly history and <laughs> yeah. prestige go out the window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. I think it's funny because um, I want to let MB in, but really quickly, I think there's almost no incentive for Lud to do it because he has basically almost everything else he has. All the top players are coming, everybody mm -hmm. watches. And does he really want to be like the biggest tournament of the year and burn another million dollars? Yeah, I think he does, saying. actually. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'll do it. I think he'll do it. Well, I think the crazy thing is like to 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 you know buy everyone's loyalty. It wouldn't take a million dollars. We have talked about it on the show so many times. Me melee players are, are cheap, but if you get us enough things, yeah, we'll shill your brand. We'll buy it. We'll, we love the attention. We love the spotlight. We're we're desperate for pennies right now. We you look at esports at the moment. We we don't have any leverage to work with. <laughs> Juan could shoot like five people a week, and he still gave us coin box, and that's you know that's pretty cheap. Ambi, go ahead. I don't mean to. <laughs> Yeah, no, so I think a lot of good points have been raised. Um, the way that I think about it personally is that a lot of this stuff like prize pool 
And even stuff like difficulty of the tournament, to me, feels a little bit downstream of, like, the actual metric for what kind of constitutes prestige, which for me is the amount of exposure you get for doing well, right? And I think that, like, you think about, like, okay, a big prize pool, if you get, like, if you place really high at a tournament with, like, you know, a million-dollar prize pool and you, you win, like, $250,000 as a relatively unknown player, like, people will be, you know, talking about you, Right. Like, we saw that with Jmook at Genesis. That's, like, a really, really good example, right? Where, like, if he got second at Shine, um, it's not quite as, as uh, you know, extreme of a comparison. But one one parallel I can draw is Grab getting ninth at Shine. Um, you know, maybe not quite top eight, but, you know, that tournament was top 12, right? Like, he made it to Sunday. Um, Grab's still a relatively unknown player, right? Relative to someone like Jmook, who, you know, got maybe a little bit higher than, than, than ninth, but... We were talking about JMOOC and we never stopped, right? <laughs> so I, I think that kind of what we are, we're hinting at with all of these different metrics, like prize pool and like, the, you know, the difficulty of the tournament or like whether or not it's an open bracket is like, if you do well at this tournament, how much do people pay attention to you? Because downstream from that is like sponsorship or, you know, maybe making this a full-time thing or even just like, you know, a, a big following or, or, you know, your stream super popping off after you do really well at the tournament. Um, so... To me, I think that this, uh, it feels really primed for that, right? In the same way that Summit did, where like maybe like the pitch to Summit wasn't super like, oh, this is going to be a serious tournament. But there's so much visibility to the players that do well at Summit that like it was kind of an inevitability that this would become a very prestigious tournament because so many eyes would be on you in exchange for doing well, right? Like you get so much screen time, people get, you know, exposed to your personality, I feel kind of the same about this tournament where it's like kind of almost an inevitability that this will become a really prestigious tournament because you have the eyes from Ludwig, you have the difficulty of the tournament. It's in like a beautiful location. Everyone wants to do it. Um, so personally, I think that, uh, you know, all of these other things kind of feel like they're hinting at the same thing, which is like, we're, we're being directed into like, how much will people pay attention to you if you win or if you get fifth or something? Um, so that's my perspective on it. I don't know if you guys agree. I think if I think about the last year, a lot of players did pop off at LACS in various forms. Like Franz, I think, was a big fan favorite when uh, Franz had a, a great run, made it through, had some great Swiss wins, that sort of thing. I think Soonsei, I have to like kind of think through the, the causality because Big House was before LACS 4, right? Yep. Or so Ludwig Smash Invitational, yes. Yeah, LSI, I guess, right? Because this is LACS, different thing. Ludwig, Ludwig, right? Yeah, I mean, Sunsei already was coming off of an unbelievably hot run, but I think that cemented them. And then in terms of people who became household names, um, again, I have to think about it because there was also a summit. Like, it definitely helped raise people's exposure being on the couch and also just playing five Swiss brackets or five Swiss matches. And they were always on and people were always talking about them in some sense. Yeah, so this is something I actually think is a is pretty interesting about an event like this and, and about an event like LSI, right? We, we talk about so many of the, the differences between events, and I think one of the really large ones is is the, the skills tested and the, the inherent within the bracket structure, right? You get an open super major, you know, th there's a bunch of different super major schedules across three days, but more or less it's going to be a marathon, right? You have, to, you have to have good endurance, you have to be ready for the final day of matches, face your toughest opponents or whatever and break through and in an environment like summit we, we saw you have to do at least good enough in group stages to get a semi-favorable uh, final bracket where hopefully you're in winners 
usually <laughs> and and you and the winner usually wins the tournament from there with with an event like this i i feel like it, it exists closer to the summit spectrum in terms of the skills tested and the actual structure of the matches and what you need to do to proceed in bracket but I, but i also think it's different in a, in a few ways um ambie you're someone who you know, you love talking about obtaining skills. You love you love talking about learning them. I, I think you have a very good articulation on how people ob obtain skills and the different skills tested in each event. And I want to pick your brain on this because we, we talked about this when it came to evaluating tournament victories last year when it came to like Mango versus AMSA, right? Like what are the skills needed to win an event like Main Stage versus versus the skills needed to win an event like Scuff World Tour? How does, how does that factor into the prestige or, the, or into our general idea of what skills we value from competitors, right? What's your take on an event like this and what makes it different from the other ones within the major ecosystem? Yeah, no, I think that's a really interesting question that I probably would be able to answer more if I was more informed about <laughs> the actual format of the final day. Um, I do think that events that don't do straight double elimination are a lot less dependent on bracket luck. Um, and I think that's uh, not in small part why a lot of them kind of pop off in terms of like rewarding specific players, even if they end up losing. Because we saw like a bunch of times, like, you know, the summits where Mango would like lose or in pools or something. Um, and then, you know, make a, make a big run because you could lose a bunch of times and still place really, really high. Um, I think that vulnerability to specific players is less important in formats where you get more matches um, that are not, you know, so high stakes. And I think that um, maybe that's something that, that plays into kind of the different reward structure of an event like this. Um, I'd have to think a little bit harder about, like, the actual event to, to give a more concrete answer than that, though. Yeah, well, it, I, I think it's really interesting the point you bring up about, you know, losing early and then going on a big loser's run where you, where you play a lot of sets and typically do better because sometimes the, the opposite happens, right? Sometimes players get really big wins in pools that just don't, that don't translate into them necessarily making it to the final bracket or having that deep run. And I, I think a really particularly big example of this last year was when Moki beat the breaks off AMSA and pools and had a, had a really strong first two rounds before just not make, uh, yeah, before just not making it to the final bracket, I, I think at, at the LSI, which is really brutal. And I, I think another really interesting variant of this was Mango getting wins on Zane and Cody at the same event that he got eliminated by Slug at, right? So mm -hmm. I think that it, it ends up, I think it can end up in scenarios where, where players' performances may genuinely be amazing for their ranking, but it but it may not translate into the actual placement of a bracket, which I which I think is pretty funny, right? Like, I think, hey, I mean, these are great examples. Pip Squeak, another example, right? You know, Pip beating Mango and somebody else. Good. Did he beat one? He beat Touchdown one. That was at the that was at the next summit. That was at the next right. Okay, I I remember Pip going in like possibly like three owing and just making it straight through. I think it's funny because, um, like, as a top seed, what you need to do is just make it into winners. I think that's really important. From there, maybe the bracket does break your way. Maybe people do well, and, like, all of a sudden you've got two people that you can maybe beat, and all of a sudden you have a chance of getting into quarters or semis or finals with a lot less difficulty than you thought. Or you end up as the first seed, and then all of a sudden you're playing Zane for some reason, right? Um, <laughs> the I think it's classic. funny because, yeah, oh, God, yeah. Oh, absolutely. But it's funny because, like, as as a top player, I always felt that part of it mattered and part of it really didn't. You'd see Mango go on these huge runs in pools, and then it just doesn't matter because, like, Mango plays Plup round one, and it's and it's just kind of rough. Or like, Cody plays Mango round one, 
and that's just like how it is. I think there's a very interesting sense of brackets and results luck that conflate in a very interesting way. And it's it's funny, it's something that seems to reward hungry box sometimes just by nature of who makes it through. I don't think there's a good reason. I think it just keeps happening. On the it's like there's no reason that it should benefit hungry box, but like if Max if Axe makes it or if Jmook makes it and like hungry box is just a billion zero on these players. That matters a lot. I think a huge strength of Mango at the end of last year was just beating Cody every single time. Yep. Uh, more than almost anything. Out of the players that like maybe you put in that like top 10 to top 25 range, yeah, strength of just your overall bracket and your, your overall like matchup spread is super, super important. Um, you saw a lot of players got tested in a lot of interesting scenarios at um, LSI in a way that doesn't necessarily happen at Summit in the same way. I mean, you have the gauntlet, you have a couple other things. It's kind of funky, the five-round Swiss. Um, it's really neat. I actually have to think about how that works with 16. Was it 16 last time? For Summit or for LSI? For LSI. I LSI. seem to remember that there were like... LSI, there were quite a few. It was like 20 plus. You like went to 32 down to 16 or something like that, right? So how does this work? They have 16 people they're going to put through five rounds of Swiss and then what? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, Toph, just to, just really quickly, and then we, we can start talking Sorry, about the yeah. LCQ. I got confused in the middle of that. You, yeah. You've seen a lot of these matches, right? Like you've seen from group stages to final bracket to winners, yeah. losers, whatever. What's the general vibe like for or when you're when you're watching a, a groups match set in the moment? You know, is is this something that everyone's going a hundred percent on? Is there yeah. information being withheld from from later in the bracket? Is is it full go time or or, yeah. or are players conserving their energy for later in the event? Tell me what's the what's the approach like from what you know? Like at um I mean, I guess the, the like the best example of this would be like the kind of like 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 summit, right? The kind of people are definitely trying their heart out in pools. Um, like, there's definitely it definitely is not a case of people like um, consciously sand like people when they lose in pools they get upset when they and they and they worry about how they're doing the bracket and stuff, right? Like, I think that the the there there has been this effect that for some reason. By the way, it's really weird as a commentator. Okay, it's really weird as a commentator. I'll talk about that in a second. But there has been this effect where, especially at summits, people who perform exceedingly well in pools and in, and in for example, summit had the gauntlet phase, etc. Um, sometimes just kind of peter out and get ninth in bracket, or vice versa. Um, and I I don't really think it's necessarily a case of um, matchups per se. I think it's this invisible, honestly, I think the thing that it's the most similar to is the whole concept of like pop-off energy. You know how like Cody wins winter semis against Zane or something. And then he like, he like holds the pop-off in. Cause he's like, got to keep going. If I let it out, the tensions, out. I, I think that's the, and it's, it's, it's invisible and it's hard to talk about because it's not very tangible, but, but for some reason, the people who win tournaments or place high, and I specifically say place high, which is a thing that as, you know, as balladers, for example, as people, people do ballots for angles, we generally sort of don't care about as much as literally who you beat. But for whatever reason, the people who are really good at placing high at tournaments, people like Hungrybox, for example, um, they, for some reason, they just clutch it up on Sunday. And that is a skill. It's a weird skill. It's something that you don't even start thinking about until you're top single digit number in the world, you know, like 
Um, and it's weird to talk about as a commentator because when you're commentating, some you know AMSA destroys some. I mean, there's AMSA, AMSA at that one summit, uh, got twelve or one, whichever one where he just destroyed everybody until Sunday and then got ninth. Yeah. Um, and, and that was that was the, the best example. And and it got to the point with these summits where you you would be commentating just just a just a, just a brutal victory in pools, and you'd be like, man, I think it's not gonna matter. For a weird reason, but the, but the players don't even realize it yet. It's not like the guy who won is thinking, "Well, it was just pools." Like you know, that like you know, they're proud of themselves and they know that they've solidified a better spot for themselves in bracket or whatever. The the, the guy who lost is salty. The guy who lost, no one knows why it happens. But as a commentator, you're kind of like, "What? Like this might not matter that much, and I don't really know why." Um, so it's very strange. I, that's my that's my two cents on that. Um, so, so yeah, I, but, but I, I do want to reiterate, I think it only matters for like the people trying to win, like for the people in the LCQ, the people trying to make it through Swiss, like every set matters so unbelievably much because yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, Pipsqueak, you know, be great example, right? Pipsqueak beating Mango, even if Pipsqueak didn't get some astounding placing at LSI, that was still a career highlight. Like you're taking that all the way, you know, to the bank, right? So you're gonna do what you can on Friday and Saturday, regardless. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really interesting, right? Because I think that so many of our tournaments that we play as melee players are double elimination, right. and double elimination punishes losing so hard that I think that like yeah. every top melee player just like they just have it in their brain like I have to defeat the opponent in front of me, <laughs> yeah. right? Like that is the only thing. Um, and it's weird with these formats where it's like. You put two people together and you're like, all right, you guys have to play. And it's like, all right, I have to defeat the opponent in front of me. And it's like, okay, well, you lose this and you're like, you're, you're in the emotional headspace of like, I'm in losers now. I have to play twice as many matches in order to win the tournament. This is awful. Everything sucks. I'm angry. <laughs> um, but it's like, no, like, actually, you, you might be fine. It's just like a different, a whole different vibe to the, to the actual tournament structure. But I just think that melee players don't have that. They don't. I think I remember there, there, there was one tournament I vaguely remember Hugs losing to Toussaint, I think it was, and then getting, like, a way better bracket as a result of losing. <laughs> and, like, I remember thinking, like, there's no way he threw, right? There's no way. <laughs> there's no way. Uh, and, you know, he, he lost, and, it, like, it was not very competitive. I, I remember thinking, like, this should have – this feels like it should have been closer, but it was really not closer. Like, Toussaint destroyed Hugs. And I was like, there's no H way. Hugs does really hate the Jigglypuff matchup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe, maybe, maybe but, Hugs are just upset, right? But I was like... Oh, it, uh, yeah, really definitely bad. been there. Um, there is an element. Hugs is the kind of guy I will... I mean, Hugs is a smart dude. Hugs is the yeah. kind of guy... It's not throwing, but... God, there was some tournament. I've kind of done this. Not throwing. But you look at your bracket and you're like, huh. It doesn't matter. Winning sounds so bad here. Yeah. <laughs> if I think of the example, I'll tell you. But it's this actually happened to me at a locals a bunch where like SKSK farmed the shit out of me. Like out of people that were like performing at my level, I was like 0 and 15 at some point versus SKSK in particular. And I just didn't want any more of it at some point. And I just started looking at my brackets and like I'd lose. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm not near Sammy. Like I'm on the other side of the bracket. It'd go way better for me. My life would be fantastic. Because it's like you win and you play like the number one seed. And then like, oh, great. Now I'm in the SKSK zone because he's like lost to a Marth because he didn't care. 
and he's trying to hunt me down on purpose. It's Fal- Falco, right? Falco, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's but, thinking the opposite of what you're thinking. In that exactly. Scenario. Yeah, he's he didn't like, give a shit. He ruled. Yeah, he's like, hey, I need to make it to Chroma. Yeah, he, he's like, we're back here again. <laughs> yeah, Chroma, you're you're up like three stocks to one against um, against SD Zach or something. Yeah, get me out of here. And you re- you you remember that he's on the this guy's the on the other side. side. I need to leave. <laughs> I need to go home. Now, there's been like a couple of kind of funky ones where like I've looked at the bracket this week or this year and just been like, oh, that's just that's just strictly better for you to lose. Yeah, um, I think it's I very think... it's very funny that uh, Amby, you, you picked Toussaint and Hugs as an example. I think that's a pretty good one. I honestly thought Toussaint and Legend, if you remember when Legend beat Toussaint, but then had to play someone else into Absent Page for 32. Oh, God. For 33rd, while Toussaint went one, on this yeah. huge... Uh, on this huge losers run and legend was so angry about it afterwards i think this is shine 2018 but if I'm that's, not that's a good one yeah i forgot about that one that was a good one yeah anyways I yeah i i think that um i think that we're all pretty much like on board here with thinking of this event as like under genesis big mm-hmm. house probably above everything else right i have i have one more thing to say uh before we move on from lacs's place uh, among majors uh, if i may um, I don't remember if he said this on stream or if like he said this like fucking to me or some shit, but Ludwig, uh, Ludwig himself, um, kind of said, you know, after LSI that he, yeah, uh, he, he worded it more, he worded it more harshly than I'm about to obviously cause I thought it was a phenomenal event. Okay. Ludwig's extremely high standards. Right. And I think Ludwig wants to run, wanted to run, wanted to run and wants to run like the tournament like to end all tournaments like that's like his goal running a smash tournament he's like he doesn't want to run a tournament and get his usual you know viewership or what have you and 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 you know like out outpace that playing Yugi or whatever the hell right so i think for ludwig himself um i know that eventually he wants to not even eventually i think even probably with this tournament but I, I know he wants to at least one day run th- like the tournament to end all tournaments, not the tournament to end all tournaments, but the, the Super Bowl melee, whatever, the Evo kill, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so whether that's this iteration of LACS or something that the team runs in the future, I know he has super duper high standards, and like I know he wants to, you know, he's kind of got that view on like his on shit he puts on his stream in general, like he wants to elevate whatever it is that he's doing. So I think that like. Yeah, he, he, I know even though LSI was like that stacked, like it was like arguably the hardest tournament ever, um, like uh, he's, he's got that goal. So if LACS 5 doesn't get there, then I do think that he's going to try to get there in the future. Um, kind of tying it back to my original point. But, but uh, yeah, I do know that this is something that Ludwig himself is thinking about and has as a goal. So, which is cool for the community. So if we heckle him, we can make this happen. You talk about the million dollars? I'm just saying, you know, it would be great. It's just, it's just not top five in my book. I mean, he thinks he's playing against mailman, and and it, right. you know, right, 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 right. And, and then he, and then he takes it personally, and then Sockon 2025 comes out, and it gets 400,000 entrants. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think for what it's worth, like when we think about this tournament, may, you know, maybe it's not a million million dollar open major yet. Maybe but it's, it's a billion. Yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Ludwig will, yeah, Ludwig will have to reach out to a, well, if he's talking to HBox, HBox will suggest reaching out to the, to the, uh, to MBS or whatever, the, the princess. <laughs> but, but, but I'm the chief Saudi officer now. Yeah. Well, who knows what that guy is going to be doing moving forward. But like, 
when you think of this event, it's basically like the, the LCQ is is like a is like a regional, right? It's a regional featuring several top twenty five players, a bunch of top fifty players, people that could be contending for mm -hmm. top fifty or top hundred by the end of the year. Then you have a bunch of regional stars, right? So I think there's so much to go into just when it comes to the final bracket. But you know, the the first half, right before the group stage, is it's basically like if if you look at the bracket and the level of talent that's there it's basically like a like a smaller version of pat's house three i think there's mm. there's so many good people coming from the west coast here there's so many people all across the world as well as well so um i don't really like i, I don't know where to start from this when it, when, when it came to predicting the bracket and seeing who would come out on top in the in the lcq you know obviously but this is before the seating was done so i wasn't able to give a good breakdown of different matchups that would happen or or different players to look out for outs outside the abstract like in a vacuum so i, I guess one question i want to pose to any of you and and anyone can start if, if they have something on on the top of their their mind but who do you think is going to really surprise people in this lcq right because we have so many good players we have only four spots available for the last part of bracket is there any chance that it's that it's someone outside the top four, five, six, eight? Is 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 someone like Khalid gonna catch us off guard? Is someone like uh, someone like Koopa Troopa gonna gonna make a huge miracle run? Because usually that kind of thing is guaranteed at, at an event like this that's so volatile with so much talent, right? So I, I guess to, to sum it all up, any sleeper picks that we have going into this event is anyone to look out for? I think for me, if I look at this, it's funny because there are players that I would really like to do well, but I, I'm not really sure the bracket looks super, super good. Someone that's interesting if you look um, in results recently, how they've been doing with the Fox and Falco, KGH has some interesting dynamics as far as the bracket goes. I think it's it's really going to depend on how... A, a couple things break for KGH, but if you look at his bracket, he's got um, Paz and an N and W, uh, probably. I'm sorry, that's that's losers, let me... That's a, that's a, a long loser's part. Yeah, give, uh, me, give me one second. Is the bracket? Sorry. Bracket is up, yeah. And it, I, No, 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 I'm looking at it, but it's, it's relatively finalized? I think so. I think there's probably so, going to yeah. be some adjustments. Okay. I've had KJH ah, over no. Swift. I thought Swift has not been focusing as much on Melee lately. And then runs into Fiction, who's kind of buzzsawy, which is unfortunate. After that, it's some mix of like a bunch of foxes, which... Okay, I, I look at that. I like a little bit less. I almost like the lose to lose to Swift bracket a little bit better. You have NMW into Lucky into either CPU Zero or Dawson, and then you have Spark, and then some mix of like Chem Magi or something like that. And honestly, that's like KGH Dream Magic Run, if there's a possibility there. I like Chem. I mean, you've all heard me talk about him on Nightclub VIP two. Great results recently. I wasn't in love with Kem's bracket, and I'm trying to remember exactly why. Um, just waiting for something to load here. And then, like, if anyone can get through John Co., that's one thing. Yeah, it's just fiction. Like, Kem has to play Null, which I think should be a really interesting match and kind of fun. Um, and then has to play fiction. And I just rate fiction really, really highly. I think fiction has a really good bracket. I think Kadoran has a really good bracket. And I think I'd be really surprised to see either of them going down early. You know, there's someone in this bracket who I want to talk about because he caught me off guard with this presence. And that person is Malachi. So oh, Malachi, for, for those who are not familiar with him, is an MDVA peach, someone who made the top 100 in 2019 in a very casual way, beating Ginger, beating Absent Page, beating Army, and all of them somehow just 
taken for granted and ending up with a pretty good spot. Um, Malachi ended up being like semi inactive or kind of on and off in terms of what events he'd go to over the next few years. And I think this bracket he has is, you know, I, I'm not going to say he's favored against some of these opponents or any of them, but I think if, if you're Malachi, I, I think this is what you want, right? You want, you want to get by Alex 19 you want to draw someone like Lucky or Forox, depending on how that turns out. You want to draw like out of the relative top seeds that you could have. I think Sunsei is very difficult, but I think you know, we've seen Malachi blend spaces before. He's quite good in that matchup. And then if he wins that, oh, Mal yes, Malachi will have either CPU zero or Magi. So then we we could so we could easily have some well I shouldn't say easily but we could we could have something like a Malachi appearance in winter semis or or in top six at this LCQ. So if we're if we're talking about sleeper picks, you know maybe maybe this is something that's fairly unconventional as a sleeper pick. But I think a former top one hundred player that's been pretty good in MDVA going back and forth with some of the region's most active players, beating people like Dawson this year. I think Malachi is a pretty. Um, it's a pretty sleeper pick to do here too well to do well here. I think he's going to catch a lot of people off guard. I do I want think... to zero in a little bit on someone that you name dropped in there, who I think has a, a very it's a very evil thing to suggest, a very evil pick because they're so volatile as a player in general. But CPU zero definitely has a bracket that caught me. No, no, I got to cut um, you off right now. CPU zero loses round one. Yeah. Oh, I mean, do that. Not much of a fight there, the huh? King, CPU zero loses to melee stats Danny every day. Uh, <laughs> melee stats Danny. That might be his hardest match. Sorry, who is Danny? Yeah, no, SF. that's right. That is the hardest match. SF. Wait, SF. Danny's not yeah. going. Danger's telling me in chat. Okay, all right, I take it all back. You're you're totally right. Oh yeah, he CPU can't go zero. Friday. I forgot because he has a full sweeps job this now. tournament. Okay, no, no contest. This is the easiest bracket I've ever seen. Yeah, no. CPU zero has um he has a nut into. Uh, who's who's he have? Where, where's my bracket? I lost my place. It's not Magi. Uh, yeah, not it's into Magi. Magi. If he beats, oh, yeah. uh, that's scary for Magi. And yeah. uh, I think students say probably pretty hard, still doable, but pretty hard. But the, the loser's bracket, if he loses to Sunsei, is very favorable because that would be probably Mech. Uh, which so is recently beat Mech. Yeah, a lot of drill yeah. rest. So I, I, I think it's a very, very interesting bracket for CPU Zero. I think that, like, it's hard for me to, like, predict that CPU Zero will do well because CPU Zero has, like, the two modes where, like, he'll either get, like, some crazy huge win by, like, resting someone 300,000 times or he'll, like, get 257. So very much an all-or-nothing player, but um, if you want to talk about, you know, sleeper picks, pretty uh, no pun intended there, but... Mm. I had my eyes on the same part of the bracket, actually, uh, for KJH and, and Swift. I actually think whoever ends up winning that set, I don't know. I, I did. It was news to me that Swift uh, has not been super duper, you know, melee mode lately or whatever. Um, the last time I saw Swift play was like last week when Swift had a fucking crazy. Sorry, I cussed. I don't know if we're allowed to cuss. So, uh, Swift, did a, Swift did a ridiculous game five with with Axe um, Pikachu Ditto. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously that's. I don't know. I feel like Swift is like super good um, and hasn't really shown it yet. But I feel like every time I like against top spaces, um, and Swift does a lot of spaces in the way. Is Swift fiction? Has that happened before? Like, do we know for a fact that y'all know this kind of thing better than I do? Is that like kind of a you know non-starter for Swift? 
Swift Fiction. I feel like they play. I feel like they played at Summit at a summit or something. That was like really hard. Played. Just just thinking back to all the fiction accents that have happened. A lot. Yeah. Swift plays different yeah. though. Yeah, and, and to yeah. be fair, fiction struggled with acts. Yeah, it. yeah. Nightclub VIP was rough for Swift. I will say Swift was probably not at full fighting capacity, but that mm. was, I think, a 17th losing to Kata and Bean from Long Island. Which yeah, Nightclub's hard, people... hard to say. Nightclub's hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that that part of the bracket, uh, I think, I think honestly, I don't know. I just feel like I see, yeah, fiction might be tough, but um, I think from then on it, I don't know. If Swift, if Swift shows up and, you know, to, to play, yeah. I actually think he could do super well. Um, yeah, I mean, this is someone that... I mean, Swift is someone who, during the pandemic, when his full focus is in melee and competition, you know, like... In fact, forget the pandemic. There's a time in the, the first half of last year, he was the highest-ranked Pikachu. It yeah, was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Swift was actually... He was straight-up looking like a top 25 player, or like oh, top yeah. 30 or whatever. Yeah. Like, and, and, and let alone the wins, right? I feel like also just the way Swift loses. Like, when you watch the sets that Swift loses, like, God... Super tragic um, loses. Tragic losses where it's just like this. Yes, person, D's or something. Like, oh yeah, right. Bad breaks where it's it's the kind of thing where it's like, man, that one interaction goes differently, and this is like a borderline top fifteen play. Like it's crazy. Uh, like his controller will explode or something. Some shit like that always right. happens to Swift. Right, right. So I mean, that's true. I've seen that. I watched. Swift, yeah, Swift's like never to me. Like yeah. Swift never looks lost. You know. So I think that's my I've... that's my pick. I think that's a good one. Out of people, I think who are gonna do maybe not so good. I think Mech's gonna have a tough one. I'm looking at this bracket. Yeah. It's it's literally he has to play the winner of Free Palestine and Free Hops into Spark into S2J. I in think winners. Free Palestine actually has a pretty good bracket. I well, like yeah. I like Free I like Free Palestine to Mech into Spark. Yeah. Free Palestine going box spot or rectangle fox for for Sheik now. Apparently, apparently it's made a really big difference because after after years of just like really struggling with Dreff and I, I think Free Palestine's actually started to like take take a good amount of sets in Columbus off him. And his his fox is quite good at that matchup. I know it's Spark, right? So you know right. I'm not gonna it's... I'm not gonna act like Spark isn't favored. But I think for for draws of the the type of players that you could run into that deep in bracket, I I actually really like Free Palestine's path there. Free, free Palestine, sorry, Free Palestine goes um, all, all, box, all, all box now? So, so, no, so just he, does, for... he does box fox for Sheik, and I think he does it for uh, some other matchups too, and he has, goes Marth and Sheik. He's a tri-main. Right, but does he play all, sorry, the way you said he goes box fox for Sheik made it sound like, like, does he play with a GameCube controller, Marth? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's controller, yeah, Sheik, I, controller, yeah, Marth. controller, Sheik, controller, Marth. Which is so, it's so insane. I definitely, there's definitely not a lot of players that do that, but definitely very funny for a try. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, man, what is Spark? Spark okay. needs this so bad, man. Spark I feel needs like to Spark... play some sets on stream. At a yeah, I feel like Spark has all his great brackets and results yeah. just never inexplicably happening out of the public eye. Yeah. <laughs> inexplicably. Yeah. Dude, Spark, um, Spark messages me roughly once a month to bring King Q back. First of all, um, Spark <laughs> is not playing the same character. I'm just gonna say Spark is not playing the same character as Drevin. Like beating Drevin, you tell me, like, oh man, yeah, I'm fair, yeah, on fair it's a different. Yeah, dude, fair enough. <laughs> so different. Anyway, sorry. 
Uh, no, that that is very true. It's quite. He's like the polar op. Like Dreffen is over here. Spark is like you talk about heartbreaks. I've watched just terrible, terrible things happen to Spark so many times. I think it was Genesis. I watched Spark play Moki, and Moki's down like so far down, and I literally turn to Rachel, who I'm watching with, and I'm like, Moki wins this, and Moki wins this. This was that Apex. I think that was the Apex. Oh, was it? Was it Apex? Yeah. This year. It was it was this year or last year. It was like completely evil. I watched Spark barely lose to Aklo. Um and actually, you know, lost quite a bit of money doing that after like some thirteen hour flight in you know in, in Pennsylvania and Philadelphia. And like Sparks had ridiculous controller problems for the last year. Was responsible for probably like three or four people being top hundred. Mm. Rocket <laughs> logos. Oh no. Dude, Rocket won that spark. tournament over here him. That was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that was Yeah, Spark had a rough last year. I think the the Z jump stuff just super spark did not worked out for him. Mm. Yeah. Well that's punished by God's law at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Definitely yeah. flew too close to the sun. Mm-hmm. But you know, it happens. Yeah. Who do you have as the four going forward, Edwin? The the four? Yeah, the four making it out. Uh, I had, uh, so I did this like weird, so this is before the bracket was released. So I did this weird, like win probability thing of, among the average top 16 seed against each other. So I ended up going with, um, I think I w- went with Magi, Sunsei, Kadarin, and Zamu. Those are the, those are the four that ended up making it out in the, in the model that I built. But now that I see this bracket, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. Is Zamu still going? Zamu's still going. Zamu is eighth seed. Zamu is seeded okay, to play Zamu. STJ after Koopa Troopa and then into Kadoran. Yeah, so I think this part, so we were talking about this part of bracket before. I think Zamu versus part. Koopa Troopa and STJ versus Khalid, I think those two might like, those two sets might just change the tournament entirely. Because I think STJ, if, if, if they can get by Khalid and if they can get by Zamu, I actually think STJ has a very good shot at beating Kadoran. And I know this is going to sound crazy because Kadoran is someone crazy. Who, on, on the surface yeah. who, who has beaten Hungry Box multiple times. But I've talked to Kadoran about this. I've seen these sets. The way Kadoran prepares for Jigglypuff is specifically for H-Box. Like, he funny. only covers H-Box's drift patterns coming from the top and going down. And I've asked him about this. I asked him, why do you do this against the other pups? And he basically just told me, yeah, it's because they don't make it far in bracket enough. So I don't really need to prepare for, for that. I'm just going to cover what H-Box does because that's most valuable to me right now. That could change. Now, Kadarn is funny in that matchup because I, like, I feel like he struggles in it a lot, which is very funny for someone that does relatively well for Marth against uh, Hungry probably, Box. Probably he just for, prepares for H-Box. That's it. Yeah. That's all he yeah, does. Yeah. For doing so well against H-Box, like, there are times... Well, Toussaint was playing incredible at Genesis, but Kadorn was absolutely in the back foot the entirety of that set. Um, CPU zero. That's also Panko, right? Yeah, Panko. Yeah. That was another one. Panko was not super impressed. Yeah, I mean, I think STJ is straight up favored against Khalid. I think Khalid really just does not typically do that well in the Puff Ditto. I think Zamu is going to be weird, but that's definitely doable. And then, you know, basically the fun thing that, you know, all the Puffs are kind of looking at the Magi part of the bracket and saying like, oh, that's that's not so bad. You know, I like that. That's that's a fun one for me. So that's it's interesting for her because she's had such a strong year and she's done so well and almost beaten Hbox relatively recently. It's funny to see kind of the overcorrection and mm-hmm. how people respond to the style. I think Kadoran recently lost to CPU zero actually at 
coin box and you know the connection's a little bit funny but i think there were a lot of spots legitimately where i'm like as a Ghidoran fan, I'm like, I'm glad you played this set now because there were some punish chains where it's like, oh no, if you DI there, you get rested. And you need to know that. <laughs> and that happened like five times. Yeah, it's funny. I, th I think what you're saying is, I, th I, I actually kind of agree with what you're saying that this could weirdly, you know, it's easy to solo focus in on Magi as the, as the semi-favorable part of the of a bracket for a top Jigglypuff player. But I, I think Kadoran might actually not, not be too bad of a draw, especially for someone like SDJ, who I think yeah. I think throughout, within Texas, you know, you, you have people like SFOP, Bobby, and Salt grabbing grabbing a ton of headlines when, at least when SFOP is an event, he does that. And I feel like SDJ, because they're not as visible as some of these other players, it's it's really covered up what's been quietly a really impressive year from them, and I think this is this is the kind of event that you know as we're heading into summer rank, it's it's not inconceivable to imagine SDJ grabbing more top twenty five wins against out of region players at bigger events and potentially cementing their own spot in the top twenty five by the summer rank. So I think there's a I think there's a lot to go into here. Um, just just for the sake of argument, I'll probably just stay with my picks. Um, Kadoran, Zamu, Magi, Sunsei. Those would be my four. Chroma, pick four and go with it. Well, you got to go with the big boy Wonko. Now that I know that, um, now that I know that Melee Stats Danny is not going to be there to destroy everyone, I had to recalibrate all my stuff. Um, I think Fiction. I'm actually going to say this, and now I'm going to reverse it again. I think Fiction doesn't make it. I think Fiction maybe is not exactly in the shape that Fiction needs to do to win the matchups that maybe he does. I think, I think Ken actually makes it. I think Ken beats Fiction and Johnny and just goes nuts. And I'm trying to like make the math work to make everyone I want to. Oh, to show I up I just here. remembered Zamu wasn't the one that made it in my final four. It was Fiction, so replace Zamu with Fiction, and those I have a very boring yeah. four. I'm so. kind of I'm kind of a little bit rough on Fiction and Johnny right now. I think they'll probably make it, but I'm not sure that like like Fiction's been focusing on the game, which he'll admit to. Johnny's had some kind of funny results in NorCal. I don't know how much Johnny is taking those tournaments seriously at the end of the day. But I, I actually think it comes down to, like, Kadoran Magi soon say somehow and, like, Kem. Actually, that's probably not mathematically possible. Spark, I need you to get in there somehow. Ambi, take it away. Give me, give me your four. Uh, I have a very boring four, personally. Uh, I think it will be Kadoran Fiction, Sunsei, and Spark. I think that uh, all of them have pretty tame brackets, in my opinion. Um, I think that there's a lot of people that could make it, but if you if you put a gun in my head and you're like, what four people will make it? I think that uh, those four, at least with the current bracket structure, feel like they have much easier brackets than like all of their competition. Um, which is like, because they're good players, right? This is not like, oh, well, they got lucky with the bracket. It's like, you no, know, like they... It just looks like they can they can do it easier than other players that are that are in here. So, Tof, you gotta save us. Make you gotta pick a Chad for. We we no, no, we crazy. just yeah. talked about yeah. how volatile this bracket and was. Sinister. And and the three the three nerds of us were all like, oh yeah, we'll go with four of the top uh, six seeds. All right, <laughs> Tof, all right. Help, help me out here. So I was gonna um I was actually combing over the bracket to see which bracket pass made sense. I'm gonna not do that then. I'm not gonna. Yeah. Okay, just for, for dude. Okay, look. Pure vibes. Feels. Geo is fucking yes. crack. There's a lot of fox in that melee. Geo doesn't lose the fucking fox today, okay? Geo practices with uh, Mango eight hours a day. Geo's making it in. Uh, Sutsay's cracked somehow. He's also making it in. Um, I'll never doubt uh, Johnny Kim. 
Um, and I'm going to go with, uh, dude, who's my last pick? Who's my last pick? Fucking CPU zero, bro. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. That's my, that's my four. I love it. Um, I'm actually rooting for Toast Four to make it. That sounds like it would rule. I would like to see that a most, lot. If, if that happened, like if all four of those people made it, that'd be, that'd be, this would be the most fucked up bragging of all time. I'm trying to like this, mentally it might put not together how it would yeah. happen. <laughs> I think the coolest thing about it is that even the the safe pick that Toph made was cool, being Sunsei, which I think is it's a relatively Chad pick among the among the top seeds. I can never right. cheer against Sunsei. So, you know, I, I think that uh, I'm looking at the bracket. Uh, Sunsei has a fun bracket to make it through winners, right? Like he has a fun, a good the winner of CPU zero Magi, which I guess for this would be CPU zero because CPU zero is making it right. And then beating Kodoran. That, 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 that put uh, Sunsei can do that, actually. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, I, yeah I think Sunsei can do that. That's doable. Does that. Uh, but I'm trying to like put together where everyone else is, right? So like, let's see. Uh, CPU Zero would probably lose to Sunsei in this in this hypothetical world, and then be where Magi would be projected to be, mm-hmm. which would be yeah. Mac, right? Um, yeah. Not bad. Which is not bad, yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. <laughs> SCJ has a pretty solid bracket. He would only have to be... He could beat Fiction. Yeah, and I would put it in. Dude, what if Koopa wins? I'm looking at this bracket now. <laughs> Koopa just loses. wins straight up. It's, it's Khalid, Franz, Mech, yeah. Sunsei, Zamu, Johnny. Uh, that's Okay, the Johnny part's hard. We need can something. I, can, <laughs> yeah, I that's you, can, I, can I tell you guys something? Um, anytime I see... Maybe I'm wrong. You guys would have the data on this. Anytime I see Mech... First of all, anytime I see Mech... <laughs> play a matchup where I'm like, Ganon loses this 3-7, Mech sometimes wins. No, that happens a lot. He, he do be doing that. He, right. And anytime Mech plays a matchup where he doesn't lose 3-7, I'm like, bro. <laughs> um, I don't fuck, know. Man. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Koopa does get three gallant every time he's on the left, which is really big. <laughs> uh, but, like, dude, I have such a hard time calling Marth's over Meg. Like, oh, yeah. It's horrifying. It's so it hard. I don't get it. I don't get it. I still don't have faith in that character, but I watch Mech and I'm like, you know? Mech, I think, a very hard character, a very hard Mech's player hard to call. call. That's yeah. so hard to call. I just feel it like has he to be a loser for Mech, to anyone. Doesn't but... Mech, also, doesn't Mech do pretty good against Sheiks? Because Mech fucking does the chain grab. Mech does chain grab yeah, Sheiks pretty well. Yeah, he can do the well. chain grab, yeah. <sighs> yeah, Mech's one of those weird players where... Matchup. It's like, I I would actually be... Um, you know, just projecting matchups. Mech is the kind of person who, when he plays someone that I think of, like, an invulnerable or, like, very hard barrier to cross, he just inevitably, like, 3-0s them or does great against them, like, Polish. And then and then Mech will just run into, like, a PR Spacey or something or, like, just some random player and just lose. Like, Ipengu on net play, I think, might do better yeah. than Polish in <laughs> yeah, real life. Yeah, Ipengu on net play, I think, <laughs> might actually do better against Mech than, than our dear friend Polish. All right, last question here because I'm the host now. Where would Chef Roth place in this LCQ? Is this a practice, oh, Chef Roth? No, Chef Roth has only been uh, practicing for 82 hours this week and not 87, uh, okay, okay, so okay. a so little bit off. Chef. I think Asashi might be hard. I, I don't know. Asashi would be hard, yeah. Other than that easy sweep, though, you're saying. Yeah. I think Chef could do it. 
Shaq could do it. He might need a bracket, but Shaq I think he, he could make it. against Mac. <laughs> but that was obscene. yeah, that's 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 not even real. That's not even yeah. real. Apparently, like there's some Netflix set that they play right where like they they ran into each other on unranked or something, and Chef won like literally 200 games in a row. Oh we were talking gosh. about this in the melee stats Discord about like uh, which players like what what is the best two players that could 100 zero another player, and I think I think we landed on Chef Rock like winning against Mac a hundred times in a row. I think that was like the most competitive that was like <laughs> likely to actually happen. Oh, don't forget about J. Mook Josh, man. J. Mook Josh was an insane pick. That's an awful pick. I can't believe it. Oh, disrespectful. I saw that. Yeah, that that was a Dangel moment. Dangel for sure. Yeah, we don't talk about them. Plop off. Is there Plop off say yes? I mean okay, twenty five two is in the same order of magnitude as one hundred zero. 25-2, yeah, literally, yeah. I, I, would, <laughs> I was not... Right? I, when that 25-2 well, no, 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 it, it sets. You gotta win, like, a best of... Oh, if you right, have to win a best of five, you basically only have to, like, win 90% oh, of the games. yeah. Dude. As long as they're not correlated. I don't, I don't think Plup would win 25 sets in a row against Amsa. I do. <laughs> I no. truly believe. It's, I refuse to believe that. Are they playing sets back-to-back? These are back-to-back. Okay. I think if Omsa is allowed to like go home and watch the VODs and come up with some new stuff, I think <laughs> Damn, if it's literally back to back, I don't know. No, if it's back to back, it's much harder for Omsa, I think. Much harder. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's hard for Omsa? Are you guys kidding me? Plup is going to no. get like bored and run out of it. He doesn't. I've oh, seen hard. the net play. They, it's four or five hours of just heinous, heinous beatings. I, I, I've seen the net play. So I, I don't know. I. I don't think that would translate to a serious no, offline environment. I think that if if Omsa was like a Fox player or something, I'm totally with you. Club gets oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like Samus, right? <laughs> but I think that he, he definitely hates Yoshi enough for like just fucking yeah. beating the shit out of Yoshi a hundred sets in a row. He's just like, oh, he's so mad. A grand. So <laughs> I know Plump is not here at this event, but is, it, but w- w- is this the kind of thing that we would want to see at a future Ludwig event or a major Plump versus Ops, or do we not want to see this? First to 100 oh exhibition. <laughs> I would love it. That sounds heinous. I can't Omsa do that wins the major and Plup only shows up for the exhibition. I would see a Plup versus Omsa bench press competition or all three lifts. All three lifts would be would be fire. Is Plump lifting? I don't know. He's gonna have to. I'm sorry. I see him every think day. Plump does calisthenics, if I remember correctly. Ooh, like, that can be tricky. Big, I think so. He's a he's a big pull up guy, if I remember right. Oh, I never knew that. But uh, he's I do know that Amsa has been lifting, so it might be might be interesting. While we're on the topic, I have always wanted there to be a major that actually does the Thug Finals thing. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, and and there's. You know, there's there's been opportunities. You know, like 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 tourneys where Mango's there to commentate or something. You know what I'm saying? Why hasn't anyone actually done that yet? I told uh, I, I told Dewan. Okay, you guys know the story about the Dewan versus Zane Ices thing. Oh, oh. yeah, because Dewan was shit talking to Zane Ices and TLDR. He was like, I would you know I would spank your fucking shitty ass Ices with my Sheik. Um, so character lock, character lock Sheik in the Ices, and because uh, the whole point is the Ices is a Sheik counterpick, and um. I was telling Dewan, I was like, dude, if Zayn wins the uh, the tournament, you got to run on stage and just fucking thug finals. Um, and I will do my best to, 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 to do the commentary as if, as if it's a planned part of the broadcast. 
Um, and and you got a fucking just fucking money match, Zayn on stage after he went. He and, and Zayn didn't win the tournament, unfortunate. Ooh. But um, God, I I I I can't believe there hasn't been a major yet that has done some form of thug fight. I think it's the sickest idea. And it's free, it's free real estate. You can be the first tournament anyway. Yeah, I gotta be honest. I didn't even think of that idea, but the way you put it just totally sold me. It would be su- super sick. Imagine Zane popping off. He's like hugging his friends. The wand comes <laughs> the on wand stage. Is like, you're <laughs> shit. <laughs> you ain't shit. Yeah, exactly. You know, this, this, this actually reminds me of like this running gag that we had a while back. Back when um, Armada and Hungrybox were winning all the tournaments during that like awful 2018-2019 period. Mm-hmm. Um where we came up with this plan where like you know how like players demand appearances fees sometimes like we're like all right well we're gonna start like a patreon where like there's a there's a minimum threshold that needs to be met and if the threshold is met all of the money from the patreon goes to hungry box in exchange for him not entering the next major right (laughs) and we were like okay well like like it's unreasonable to be like hungry box stop playing this is terrible you're killing the game like you can't say that right but if you paid him a lot of money, like the equivalent of the amount that he would make winning the tournament, plus like not being able to solidify his legacy or whatever shit people care about, right? Like, oh yeah, we give him like six grand every tournament weekend, he won't go, right? What if we combine the ideas, right? Okay, so no Hungry Box. <laughs> Hungry Box not allowed to enter the bracket, but he is allowed to go and he does thug finals versus every single person. This would be so bad. <laughs> So bad for J-Mook, right? <laughs> J-Mook so never wins a major. Every J-Mook, every J-Mook major he wins, uh, he just got he just spoiled. Sweating. <laughs> he's playing Zane, he's warming up the Fox, like, just in case. He's not going Fox, dude. It's over. He's he's committed. He's no, as soon as, as soon as Zane Joker moments him with the ICs, and then Moki Joker moments him with the ICs, that's what it will take. <laughs> Oh Loki's got the ICs ready. I I have seen Dude. some shit. Is that what is that what you want to see, Jake? You want to you want to see Zane? You want to see? Don't test us against J Mook for. Full I actually set? do. I actually think it'd be so fucked. Zane's ICs so are so good. I not knowing basic things about ICs. I think it'd be great if Zane could not do it with ICs, but Moki could do it with ICs. <laughs> yes! Right? Like that's that's the, the triangle, team, right? Where like like oh Zane is like oh I have to play ICs to beat J Mook because it's like the sheet counterfeit, and Moki's like I play this character in random rank sometimes. Just absolutely fucking up J Mook <laughs> doing what Zane could not. It'd be amazing. Alright, so I was gonna good. I was gonna do a thing where I, I wanted to talk about uh, you know, I expected you guys to talk about, oh, you know, I wanna see Cody versus this player, or I wanna see Mango take on Cody or blah blah blah. But it really seems like just the vibe of the show. I, I think Zane's ice climbers is, is really the elephant in the room, right? Don't uh-huh. don't we all wanna see it? <laughs> don't yes, we? I do. Yeah, I want it. Yeah, so so I kind I, of don't want to see it. I do want to know how it goes. I want to see Zane's right? ICs versus Magi. There is a nuance here where I don't really want to watch the set very much for any of Zane's ice climber sets. I'm like, oh, that's completely this sounds rough. That is completely. I do want it, like, yeah. Look at the bracket. That'd be so great. Um, however, uh, counterpoint though. Counterpoint. I do think watching nothing against Zane. Love watching your Martha Zane. Oh, I do think watching Zane's Icy's lose would be hysterical. <laughs> After all this build up. You're totally right. You're totally right. I think it has to be like, um, it has to be like West Balls' DK, where like, 
for a while, it was doing really well against Sheik in ways that seemed to matter quite a bit. And you're like, this kind of makes sense. Sheik misses and it runs into Muta King. And in my brain, I'm like, this could work. And then, like, just immediately, Muta King's just laughing. He's, he's taking 17 damage. Swaz is on stock four. Oh yeah. man, amazing set. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I've seen some of Zay, I've seen Literally some of those Zayn Icy's games. I think it's pretty good. It seems it seems very practiced in the matchup. The VGBC uh, just tweeted out him like chain grabbing porkers at at Xanadu as if it was a really exciting. I think I think his Icy's is pretty good. Will will it beat Jmook? I mean, it took like just. Let's try to think of precedent, right? Like who, the last player that swapped to another character, or and also I guess there is one additional PPMD. thing. PPMD. <laughs> yeah. P- oh, I was thinking left and the shape, last right? one. But, no. But yeah. <laughs> no. PPMD <laughs> switches to Marth, beats Mewtwo King Sheik, and it's the end. <laughs> yeah. That was, no. That that was pretty great. That was like ten years ago, which makes me feel old. What? Yeah, that was ten years ago. Was that Xanadu? No, that was like two weeks ago. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know. I I think that Zane's Icy's it's Aww. it's hard for it's hard for me to say that it would beat Jmook or Leffen right now. But I think it's also worth noting that he doesn't want to go Icy's for a full set. He wants Icy's specifically for his counter picks. He wants to do Icy's on FD at the at the very least at or like at the at the at the bare minimum. I think he's gonna start with Marth. I don't think he'll start with Icy's. Counterpoint. He actually caves Leffen in with the Icy's. It's not close at all. Oh, right. you think he? You think he launches? They, they I, have I think played. Leffen... They literally have played, right? Like when he was in, when they were in London or whatever. Yeah, they, yeah, they did. I would go then. Yeah, I was yeah. only watching the Kingu parts of that stream. So I, I think that they went. So Zane started off. To, I mean, this is this is friendlies we're talking about, but, but Zane started off pretty well. Left and adapted. I think they they put pretty back and forth. I would say. That's not good. That's very bad. For who? That's terrible. <laughs> for for Leffen. I mean, oh, Zane is yeah, playing no, Icy's. No for Leffen. Sorry, I mean, honestly, Icy's does not get easier in tournament. That matchup gets way the fuck <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, I'll honestly say, like I said back and forth, I would, I, I think it was like slight Zane, like from, from what I remember. Yeah, yeah. I was watching Zane play post foresight fights once, and I think we were miscommunicating, but it's possible this is true, where Zane did not know you could up the reverse F smash with Icy's. And he's like, oh, that's cool. And, like, that's what we're talking about here. <laughs> like, he's going to destroy everybody. God, I'm, I'm so... Okay, you know what? I'm going to actually go in a totally different direction here. We, we've we been talking about wanting to see how the Ice Climbers plays into Zane ver, into um, Zane's chances versus J-Mook, J-Mook and Leffen. But, like, I feel like we're, we're missing something even more obvious here, which is, you know, I, I want to see Mango's Fox take on Zane. You know, this this is a rivalry that's that's thought of so much as like the premier one in the in the game right now. And and I don't think that's necessarily wrong, but I will say that like if you just watch the gameplay, if you look at the set count, if you, yeah. if you see how the sets actually turn out, it's basically like a 180. Mango does much better with Fox than he does with Falco. Yeah. And can he's I, can training I, the Fox. The, the statistician all through all three of you who would know much more about this than me. I have a Jesus Christ. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask all of you a question? Yeah. Is it weird? <laughs> Dude, Mango, like, oh, God. And I'm a huge, obviously, I'm a huge Mango fan. And, like, and I don't want to, and I know the Mango Nation loves the Mango Falco, and I know Mango loves his Falco, and he's got a lot of, okay, look, here's what I'm about to ask. Is it weird to say that 
Mango's like slumping and like, oh, he hasn't been doing that good at tournaments lately. And then you go and you watch and it's like, oh, he's solo maining Falco. And then it's like, oh, oh shit, oh, Mango's yeah. fucking winning tournaments again. Oh my God, he just you beat Fox. Fox is back. And, uh, and he was great, going mostly Fox. And it's just like. That's meme, dude. Dude, yeah, this yeah, Eric like Tell regale toes. Bro, they hired Tapkins as a coach for a while, and I was hoping that Tappa would just Tappa would just like never play Falco again, my man. Dude, it's insane. Oh, unless there's Fox on the screen. Is that weird? Is that weird to me that Dude, I just like okay. just play Fox? You don't even you can go Falco for Fox. No, you just put me on the spot to say this, dude. All right. Yeah, Ambi, you got you got to release Swedish with Falco, and then he went Fox and won. Release the beast. I'll probably get docked for this. I have this running gag with the other melee stats people that Mango's Falco is Scorp two. Uh, <laughs> that yeah, that that like know. that Tafo, Tafo incepted this idea that Falco would be like a more consistent character for him in tournament, and he's just no, believed it ever since. No. And like you look at that period where Tafo was coaching Mango, and he was like trying to play Mario era. against Axe and shit. He was just like, "Dude, this is literally like you go from Scorp two back to Scorp one, and then back to <laughs> he went full circle." And it's like, and, like slumping with Solo Falco because he's just trying to like lazily like laser, laser, laser down air against everyone, and then yeah. like the moment he switches back to Fox. It's just like, oh, Mango's back. Mango's yeah! Back. <laughs> People don't talk about it that way. People talk about it no, like Mango's been sloping. They love his Falco. They love his, they Falco, love his Falco. And they're like, oh, these are like the same skill level. He's just playing the same character with. And it's like, no, dude. Well, with Zane, it's it's so obvious, right? Like, I mean, look, like we we know the set counts and stuff, but like we've seen the sets too. Like, Mango kills him. Mango doesn't have to worry about like edge guarding him as much. He kills him. He kills him at like eighty percent. He combos him. He wins neutral a bunch, and it looks a lot easier easier for him. I I don't understand. Can some please help me understand why he goes Falco yeah, against Zane? Nothing to understand. He likes playing Falco. He likes playing Falco. It's so it's a sick. good reason. But it's, so it's, just, it's so sick. I'm not gonna deny that. So is his Mario. I will say. I love his Marth the best. Is that weird? <laughs> no, that's a cool Marth. That's a cool Marth. No, it's a sick Marth Marquez. I am 100 percent behind Marth yeah. Marquez. I, I gotta say though, like you know, we, we we've been talking about the Falco. But I I think the I just want to be clear that the Falco has its place. The Falco For destroys sure. Fox. No, like it destroys Fox. Not he's not yeah. doing what he does to Cody without the Falco. For sure, I'm not. Yeah, 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 yeah. Play Cody's. The Falco. Cody's not the best. Cody and Leffen are not the best foxes in the game of all time because they have to lose to Mango's Falco so often. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mango doesn't lose to Mango's Falco. Yeah, Mango literally cannot play his own Falco, so he can be the best. <laughs> he can be the greatest fox player ever. Yeah, I, I think that like it's it's interesting, right? Like because when you look at Mango's biggest wins, like like Tof was saying, right? Like the peaks of Mango's career, it's usually like like it does involve both characters, right? But I, but I think when it's mostly Falco and he just you know keeps the fox aside for Hungry Box or, or whoever, it's it's not as it's not as great. He does best when. It's mostly when it's mostly Fox with Falco as the sixth man. That's usually when when Mango's at his best. When when he's got, when he gets to keep the Falco just for like you know Wizrobe, the Captain Falcons, Fox. You know he's he's great. He's cooking. When he goes Fox, when and like I guess Ice Climbers, he likes a little more with Falco. Right. But yeah. if he goes mostly Fox against everyone else, I I think that's the way forward. I I, I never understood why yeah. he doesn't just like. Primary Fox, Falco's so a six I, I think that's, that that's uh, one thing that maybe is getting um, tossed aside in this conversation, just, you know, pure, like, results people talk, is you look at Mango's Falco, and it looks so good. 
And it's the problem so is sick, I don't dude. I don't think it correlates that well with his ability to win sets. Like the one set that I always remember is that one grand finals between him and Hungry Box at like Shine. And like he went all Falco that bracket and he destroyed everyone. And he was like, you know what, I'm gonna try Falco against Hungry Box, right? And it was like he looked like he was fucking up Hungry Box so bad <laughs> didn't the matter. whole set. Yeah, like 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 it was like a three one that Hungry Box won. And like it looked like Mango was fucking him up all four games. And he would just, you know, just die because he's playing Falco. And everyone afterwards was like, all right, yeah, Hungry Box won, but Mango was Mango was the best player in the venue that day. You could tell from – and it's just like, yeah. dude, <laughs> cut it out. I, yeah, this I'm is, with you. This I'm is so the barrier. It just looks too good for him to think it's not that good. The moment that sticks out to me dude. when I realized this was um, Alex19, I believe, playing Army. And Alex19 at one point, like, shines in the middle of the stage and, like, hard reads Army Fs, like, for like – dash attacking into him and charges up smash out of the shine and everyone's like that is sick and it was like 23 damage and it did not matter and it just didn't change anything yeah mango taught me yeah it's sick though there's um no for sure i really appreciate that y'all brought up like um yeah i mean that you brought up kind of the, 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 the gameplay element how good the falco looks um, and I do think there's a factor where, you know, Mango does a, a lot of practice on stream with like, and, you know, I'll tune into Mango's stream and he'll be like, just fucking going even with Zane, with Falco or whatever. And I, like, I get it. I do get it. And I get why, you know, there's that, um, you know, kind of inclination to like, feel like, yeah, I can do this in tournament too. But I think there's like, man, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's like this kind of multifaceted thing. I think for, um, on the flip side, speaking of Mango Zane specifically, we talked about how Zane... Icy's in the context of fighting left, and you know, I think that can only look worse in tournament for the Sheik. I think it's the same way with Zane's Marth. I feel like Zane, how he does in friendlies versus spaces, and I think in particular versus Falco in friendlies, is never going to correlate to how he does in tournament. Mm. Um, yeah. he he just turns it on. I don't even know if he means to. I feel like Zane, however, I do feel like kind of as someone who sort of watched him get you know go from good to great to one of the best, um. He definitely does the thing where when he plays friendlies, he, he will hyper, he will laser focus on a specific thing he wants to work on. And I think people like that definitely give their opponents false impressions about how their tournament sets will go based on their friendlies. They'll be like, Zane's predictable because he keeps doing this thing and blah, 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 blah. And like Zane doesn't do that shit in tournament. He's a lot less predictable. He, he is a lot more mm -hmm. efficient. Um, That's a great point. Yeah. So, and 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 frankly, like I think Falco is the kind of character where the way Falco needs to win games, the way Falco takes stocks is like it's it's weird. It's weird to say because you know at, at low level, mid level, whatever, net play Falco, blah blah blah. There's 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 a lot of bullshit, whatever. At the top level, Falco is very not. He's like no bullshit, right? Like Falco doesn't. You don't get cheesy stocks with Falco. You get them to a hundred and then you do your kill move. Um, and I think that if that's kind of what you're relying on, uh, especially with the way Mango does his combos, you know, like, like Mango isn't, he doesn't, if you ask Mango to describe, you know, Hey, okay, well, what's your, what's your plan to do your combo to kill Zane? You know, it's, it's all in the moment, right? I, I think it's just functionally speaking, it's hard as a tournament character. It's really hard for Falco to be consistent the way Mango plays him for better or for worse. Even when he's looking amazing, like you said. Jake, is there any matchup that you think we haven't talked about adequately among the among the top seeds or or people that could potentially win the event? Yeah, I mean, so this is your next question: like, how many people can win? 
Uh, I mean, yeah, we yeah we can go. We we can cover both of them in in this. I feel like um, one thing that we have not talked about very much is just uh, Josh Mann versus J Mook. <laughs> Which is crazy because we have talked about it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I think that one is. Yeah, I mean, I think um, Triff Hungrybox is one that I am actually weirdly looking forward to after seeing just a ridiculous amount of like Triff solo battle streams. Did you see that clip? That not only was the clip crazy, but Triff's uh, like cutting of that clip and Triff's the it, editing yeah. around that clip was insane. Where it was where unreal. Yeah, solo battle, like, or, oh my god, I'm trying to remember. Was this the one where solo battle tech rested him at the bottom of Dreamland, or is this the bomb one? The bomb, the bomb one, one, I think, the, had the, incredible the, the, the tech rest was really funny, but that one was not, like, super edited. The tech rest one was, like, solo battle, like, pounding underneath Dreamland, going for a timeout, and then, uh. like, Triff goes underneath Dreamland to try to get solo battle, and he's floating underneath Dreamland, and solo battle changes directions and jump rests him and just... I think Triff has a weird yeah. chance to win. Where like if Triff makes it through Swiss on like a three one, which I think, oh yeah, the top eight's funny. Yeah, so like if Triff makes it through Swiss three one, I believe that would put Triff in winner semis. The way it goes is it's going to be Swiss into top eight. And I don't know if it's going to be a straight bracket or they're just going to straight up say like three zero your first seed, three one your second seed if you cut off from there, and then the two twos will fight for spots in the in the bottom. I don't actually don't know how it goes out, but those are world where like Triff draws like Amsa. And, or like hungry mm. box and wins and like amsa or somehow mm. like cody schwab and cody talks about how like cody is not super happy in that matchup when cody doesn't feel that cody's practiced in it and like there are ways for triff to win and i was kind of surprised thinking about that all right chroma i want to challenge you a little bit on this yeah. beating hbox point mm. what makes you think that he like i'm not going to say ne nothing will uh, ever happen or that something's impossible but you're going to have to sell me on why triff would have significantly better of a chance than Lod, who we've seen like lose five in a row to Hbox when Lod was Lod had that period of time where he looked actually quite masterful in the matchup and still lost. I think something to it is um Hungrybox's level of dedication versus Triff's level of dedication versus Lod's level of enjoyment of the matchup. Where, mm -hmm. you know, I think Lod definitely is a very determined, very mentally strong player, but at the end of the day, it seems that Triff seems to enjoy playing against Puff in a way where Lod will just be like, you know, this shouldn't even be allowed. This is just yeah. ridiculous. I don't really see this happening. And and Triff plays against a lot of puffs that do some very weird, surprising things on the punish game. Whereas I feel like it's hard to say how that's going to translate over for Juan. If you remember HBox Lod, the last competitive set they played, it was down to the wire and Hungerbox pulled out the trap card at the end of the game. Game five to take the rest. I think Triff also has not played against Hungrybox recently to the extent that like Triff could have some surprises ready um, just in terms of natural play style or just specific ways of counterplay. One, one interesting parallel here was another player who practiced against Solo Battle a bunch and then came over and beat Hungrybox and was kind of surprised to see kind of the differences in how they played and the comparative weaknesses and strengths of the style, which was Hipsqueak. Mm-hmm. Pipsqueak openly mm -hmm. talked about it as well. Definitely I, a I similar also, caliber player overall, like versus the field, I would say. I, I would say Pipsqueak. so too. Oh, absolutely. And I think there's always been a lot of questions because Triff's had a really tough, like, pandemic, post pandemic, personally. Mm -hmm. Like, Triff could show up and 
finally get revenge for what Dewan did to them last time. Well, let me put it this way then, because I, I see what yeah. you're saying about Triff being a rising player, being someone who seems to be practicing the, the hell out of his side of the matchup, mm -hmm. but, but I want to put it on the opposite way yeah. as well. So even considering all of that, if you're Hungrybox and you go 3-1 or 3-0 in pools or whatever, other than Axe, is there anyone you would rather draw than, than Triff? Like, maybe J-Mook? Is that it? I think, unironically, you want J-Mook. You might even want Mango half the time, depending. But if Mango has made it through you in winter semis, probably not. I don't think Hungrybox wants Mango more than Triff in winter's quarters or semis. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you have a good point here. I think I think Triff, Axe, like, if I had to put the invited players in order, it's probably still, like, Triff, Axe, and then, like, Josh Mansalt. Man, like, well, J-Mook, J-Mook, do you want Josh Man or do you want J-Mook? If you're That's Hungrybox. As H-Box? As Hungrybox, you have prep time. You have a bit of prep time. If you know you're 3-0, you're kind of watching this happen, right? You're watching whoever's going to be 3-1. I mean, you I think you guess. want J-Mook, right? You're, you're, yeah, definitely. It's 12-1. You I want J-Mook. I think you want J-Mook because you have the prep time. And I, I don't know. It's... I, mean, we, I also we've... think J-Mook would less, make, make Hungrybox less angry. Like, this yeah. is like a consistent thing where I think that like Hungrybox's mental fortitude plays a lot in his ability to play through brackets very, very well. And I think that, I don't know, I've watched enough Coinbox streams where he just like mauls over every single thing that every Fox does. And I think that Josh Mann will put him in a less fun headspace compared to like, oh, I get to play Jamie again. I'm, I'm excited. I get to play Jamie. You know, I think that Hungerbox will be a little bit more I think formidable. If I, I think if I can back up the, the wand train a bit. So we're assuming Triff's 3-1 out of pools, let's say, or out of Swiss. We'll play someone who's 3-0. Out of the people we think might go 3-0, it's, it's interesting to see. Who do you see going 3-0 out of these pools? Like, is there a path for AMSA? Is there a path for AMSA Triff? Who I think is probably Triff's best draw out of the 3-0 likelies. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, AMSA is a very good draw for Triff. Do you guys I think Hungerbox goes 3-0 in the Swiss pools? I think that's the more confusing thing for me. That's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't see it really happening. Like, the only possible way... Is if there's some combination of like it's it's all going to be one pool together of players, so you can't you can't really dodge people. You can't just get a lucky draw and be like, awesome. My pool is Jmook, um, I don't know Leffen, and I don't know Amsa is not great for you, but like you know what I'm saying. Like it's all going to be together. I think all 16 players. I don't know if there's a world where I think this is a bad this is a bad Swiss for. Yeah, this is hard to project. Because Moki, Mango, Leffen are, are kind of your 5 through 7, depending on how you see it with Ansa. Those are all hard for him. It's awful. Cody even, Schwab, Mo Zane. even Moki, you know, this is someone who had, had struggles. Has, he, in the past, had struggles with, with H-Box, clutching out sets or just losing. Mm -hmm. But he seems to be turning that around. So it, it certainly seems to me like the like head-to-head the -head they've had over the two years is not quite indicative of what their next set is going to be, right? Yeah. I think yeah, it's, I, I think it's really tough, and I don't really like the LCQ qualifiers either for hundred bucks. Toph, I just want to uh, stick on this topic for a moment because this is something we we talk about basically like every goddamn major. Can mm. Hungrybox win this event, right? This is the LACS5 edition yeah. of this question. Yeah, what's in the fact, this, for Juan? Yeah, in fact, this yeah. is what I actually should have renamed the section. Can Hungrybox win? Yeah. Toph, tell me. Can he win? And if he can, what does it look like? Dude, okay. First of all, first of all, um, <clears throat> I I can you can you actually link the oh yeah the pools in the in the in the group chat because I just want to make sure I 
I've kind of pieced together from what, you know, from the conversation, kind of what the likely path looks like. I, we don't know exactly what the structure is going to be, but assuming all 16 players end up in the same Swiss pool, it's going to be the 12 invited players, which I'm, I'm trying to send you now. I'm just opening Discord. And then the four people qualify from the LCQ. Yeah, well, we'll think of it in terms of fours, right? So, like, even... So, let's assume for a moment that Hbox has to make it in winners, right? He has to make it to winner side of top 12 or whatever. Those yeah, are three... Yeah, How does he do that? Eight. Sorry to cut you off. How does he do that? He needs to like get top two in his. He has pool to be three zero or three one. I think out of pools is the and, way and that, that involves I see it. it's like Triff and who else is in there? Oh, here it is. So, Thank you so much. Yeah, there you go. Look at this. Look at this. I'm thing. guessing, by the way, we don't know the format yet. Oh, we're literally like we're okay. We kept talking about Hbox Triff. I was like, well, there must be a published thing, and it must involve. Okay. No, no. Oh no, I'm just thinking like. Got it. Ways Triff but, wins. Triff or Hbox. But both. Well, now it's saying Chroma was saying Triff, but he's smoking crack on Triff winning this event. So I think Triff will win the event. We're we're moving it over to Hbox. It's like so hard for Triff to win the event. The thing about Triff winning the event is that Triff can beat everyone here. Triff can beat everyone here, probably. But um, for 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 reasons. But but I just think the likelihood of it all happening at once is low. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And also, I think the way that dude, nothing against Triff, nothing against players like Triff or. Yeah, or a lot of Polish players like you know, I'm obviously I'm kind of grouping them together because they all play Peach, but also they're they feel like they're you know sometimes top ten all or borderline top ten players who frequently take sets off the. I just feel like we haven't seen it happen, and again, I, I'm not saying I know why it matters, but I do feel like it does matter when these sets happen, and I feel like usually when they get these wins, usually it's earlier in whatever the tournament is, you know, like Polish beats Cody in the East coast smash world tour qualifier. But you know, like, like is when, when have we seen those, when have we seen those wins happen? Like in top eight of, you know, a big super major, it just doesn't seem to happen quite as often. So for me, it's just like, I just, it feels unlikely. Now I bring that up because guess who's really good at getting those wins when it matters. Yeah. Touchdown Juan. Touchdown, Touchdown Juan. Juan. Yeah. Can he win the event? The answer is always yes. Doesn't matter what the event is. Doesn't matter who's going. We always got to no... talk about it though, because it always, it always, at least, at least recently, it always feels like his back's against the wall. But we're always yeah. like, you know, he can win it. I, I, I'm envisioning it, and it, and it seems possible. I think he can. I think he always can. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what it looks like. I. I think. I think it, the answer is always yes. It's like it's like a it's like a. I don't know. It's like some kind of video game superpower, right? Where it's just like he's, yeah, he's never actually out of it. Um, people will play bad against him or whatever. Like, it, it, I don't know what the hell the deal is, but yeah, he can, he can definitely win every event. It, it doesn't. I don't know. I don't know, dude. Fucking Gama last year. Everyone was saying there's no Hbox may never beat Cody again, and then the reverse <laughs> pop offset happened. Like we didn't think that was gonna happen. We thought Cody might literally never lose again. And it's got to be said, he plays really well in Ve in the Ludwig tournaments. I was going to say Vegas, and then I remember really Double Down, and I, and I can't really <laughs> condone oh, Double yeah. Down. Condone. But he did condone. really, really well at LSI. Really yeah, he beat well. Zane in pools. Yeah, didn't they play three times? Zane Xbox? Zane, Zane kind of washed him the, the other The third time. time. Wait, what was the second? I thought the second time was also. Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the second time went to game five. The second it was time like was spooky. A, it was like, it was, I think Zane two stocked in the last game, but it was pretty back and forth. The first mm. the first time Hbox won 3 1, it was kind of a weird set, and the last time was a laugher. That's what it was, yeah. Zane does that. was grand finals. Yeah. Grand finals, yeah. 
Leffen actually had an insane LSI, which is funny because like everyone talked about the H box set, which he which he lost. Like it was the first time he had lost to him in a while, and uh, that was sort of like the attention grabbing thing from Leffen's event. But it really quietly covered up how insane the rest of his uh, tournament was. Which oh, yeah, is I lost funny a side a bet. I lost a side yeah. bet, and I was really kind of pissed about it. I don't know if it was that or Summit, where like it was Leffen versus Cody. And I'm like, there is no way Rusty Leffen is beating Cody. Okay. You know, I, I got to confess something. I'm not Just, past the Triff having a chance of winning this. Triff has a chance. Yeah, can, can, I, can I reframe that, actually? Because I, I think that there's a good way to talk about this, which is a little bit less uh, crack smoking, I guess, is the way that you described it. Yes, thank you. Thank um, you. So I, I did see, like, this, this very annoying Reddit comment talking about <laughs> how much worse uh, Salt, Josh Mann, and Triff are relative to the other invited players. And um, oh. I think possibly we can, we can marry the conversations here hmm. and like maybe i'll get on the same page um i don't think that trip has a very high probability of winning the tournament i do think he has more paths than axe does and i, I think, think this that, is a uh, hard format and group of players for axe this is very difficult yes so i i, I did want to call this out mostly just to own the reddit Wait, guy no i don't um, what? No, I, no I Axe, Axe is gonna Axe is gonna like beat Moki somehow, or maybe not Moki, maybe Leffen or something like that. Beat Zane and beat Jmook. Game over. I think all yeah, three. This sounds, the... this sounds just like the Triff the Triff path that we that but, we but invented. Axe has actually there. done these things. He has we, accomplished we got, these feats with got, his his tiny cheese hands. We got a super sidetrack with this crazy this crazy hungry box versus Triff thing. It's like okay, well Triff can definitely beat Amsa. Triff can definitely beat uh, Cody Schwab. Right, like there are definitely paths for Triff. There's paths for Triff that you can invent in your yeah, to in get to like winners finals paths, or something, right? Yeah. Where it's like, okay, well, like I don't think this will happen. I think that, like Tove said, you need to like have a, a lot of very low probability events that mostly happen like earlier in big tournaments rather than like in the big stage top eight. But I think that like relative to the way that Axe is performing right now and like the very very difficult bracket that Axe would probably have to win this tournament, I think that like Triff belongs in this list as much as anyone else. Yeah, that's just that's my opinion. Point. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I and I th yeah. Not only do I agree with that, I I even agree with the fact that I think this is a really difficult turn for someone like Axe, right? Like this is a like when we saw him win Summit Eight, like or or whatever, all those years ago. It was through beating Zane. It was through beating beating a bunch of spaces, which he looked which he looked really good at, and avoiding H box, right? I think I mean, if with rope. Yeah, we beat Wizard also, yes, in, in grand finals. But if we're, we're talking about, like, what Axe's best paths look like, usually you would think that would have to do with, you know, access to get by his peers, right? People within that same group of play. But the problem is here, the peers are really difficult. We, have, we aren't even talking about the people in the, like, out of people in the LCQ, his best shot at a top seed from there making it to the group stage is probably Shep, right? And Fiction is still, like, you know, that's not, like, Shep I know basically the beat him last year i know the head-to-head -head is very uh, you know in in axis favor in recent memory but that's but if fiction is your easiest opponent that's not a that, yeah that's even kadoran is pretty hard for him now right which yeah kadoran does crazy like if you went back Kodoran's in time, greatest player of all time kadoran like, would be hard for axe that just sounds like insanity <laughs> but that's just the way it and, is now and then we and then we talk about salt who's who's had she's had axis number uh, fairly fairly lately we've seen josh man take a set before he certainly is not a slouch in that matchup or someone is you know you could win this tournament kadoran i think jo by virtue of being in the lcq i'm gonna put his chances per pretty low to where i would i'm gonna say no i think i think it's surprisingly good looking as long as 
Oh wait, no, he's got to make it through Swiss with a good bracket. That's gonna suck. He's gonna play yeah, like some well, mix of like Amsa, Jamie, Cleffin. This is bad. Okay, dude, Jamie, Cleffin. Three people. Yeah, that is really. Cody's tough. gonna beat him so bad. Zane's gonna beat him so bad. Bro, low key. Um, Mac. <laughs> Sorry to bring it up. If they played, Kadar's probably literally three on Mac, and I just didn't know about it. Sorry. Hi. You know, I don't I know. Think, I, I think they did actually. Game. I think they. I think they did actually play at a coin box, and Kador and beat him. To to okay. be fair. I, okay. But I I'm know. still scared. I'm still scared. It's Gandor. Oh, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> Gannon's got the punch. Yeah, okay, I, I'm smoking. I'm smoking. A little bit of crack, I will say. I have to say. Tof, you um, gotta give, give me a number, Tof. How many yeah. people can win? Oh, interesting. Just, okay, yeah. Um, let me just look at the list of players So, Jamuk, we all agree, can Jay win Mook this can win. Zane can win. Moki, first, I think Moki can win, yeah. Yeah, I think sure. he can do it. Moki's yeah, got a pass. Extremely, extremely reasonable. Um, Thompson, Cody. I mean, third at Genesis, right? Uh, yeah, Amsa, Cody... Well, I said HBox can win. I'll say Leff and Mango can win. I'll say eight. Yeah. Is that eight? Yeah. And what does can mean? As in you would put it in a you would put it in a significant like capacity, like above five percent. Sure. Like, yeah, let's do five is a great number. Then I'm easily yeah, eight. Eight. Yeah, if if this tournament happens twenty times, uh, this is how many times five percent. Five percent is actually too high of a number, probably. Yeah, five probably. Eight, eight people means that if it's literally if they're all equally favored, it's yeah, it's twelve point five. Yeah. You get, but yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't Smaller think Juan number. wins five percent of the time, which probably is crazy because he's gonna win this tournament now. Um, you know, <laughs> it always does seem like that, yeah. doesn't it? No, oh, five is actually kind of high. Five is kind of high for the simulation you just described, like you know, so. Yeah, especially yeah. because Juan has Cody and Zane at this tournament, which and both of those are like insta death for him. Like, I, I don't think it's impossible for him to take a set, but functionally oh, no. speaking, like among everyone else, like those are two very hard. Like that, those are two people who their presence on their own already drops this tournament win probability. Like, yeah, why are we? Very why do we care about this tournament? There's no pluff. There's no whiz robe. <laughs> Stop there's it. no goatlish. <laughs> uh... There's no solo battle. Goat, did you say goatlish or goat? Goat, yeah. Go, sorry, goatlish. For, for a second, I thought you saw uh, you meant for some for some reason. For a second, I thought you meant Cole and I was about to agree with you. I was like, yeah. Also correct. Yes. Also correct. Yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace, Cole's streak of eight yeah, billion three, tournaments won. Yeah, like three hundred six years or whatever. Who beat him? Panko. Panko. Oh, okay. There you go. Speaking of people who can beat, Gnorn. Ambi. Sorry to bring. How it many up. people can win? Oh, I thought you were saying Ambi's beating Kador, and I was like, oh. Ambi, do you have a no, no, I don't. I definitely no, don't no think Ambi's beating I think I have a pretty nice bracket, but I also haven't really been playing because I've been too into ITG, so. Your not bracket good for your sucks. Boy. Are you kidding? Your bracket is terrible. You Dude, have like I have, like, my <laughs> best matchup into my best matchup into my best matchup, which are all, like, impossibly hard because it's fucking Ludwig's match invitational, but. Um, oh, that's true, that's yeah. true, yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> for me, I'm pretty excited. It's just uh, I'm still going to get fucked so badly, so. Juan Co is definitely uh, maybe uh, a bit rough for me. Yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, I think eight is a pretty solid. I think we all agree that Moki has a semi-significant chance of winning the event. I think it's not, mm -hmm. it's not, it, I know it's kind of a, a in vogue thing to say, oh yeah, Moki can win a major, but I just want to make sure we're all like on board with this, right? Is there Moki's any pushback? Path. I think I think he clearly has a path. 
Moki can beat Leffen, Amsa, Cody Schwab. Um, I really don't think can beat Jay Mukherzain at this point. Mango is also looking pretty bad and then can beat anyone else there. I think it's actually pretty reasonable. Does, I mean, like, I don't think that, um, I don't think Moki is like, I don't think it's like keel over and give up territory against even those three opponents. No, I think not that, really, no. Yeah, I, I think it's very hard. I'm not going to, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't uh, understate how difficult it is to run into Mango's Falco as a Fox player, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. But like, I can't imagine that his, uh, you know, we we see Cody take sets. I think that uh, I think that Moki I think that Moki could put put up a fight, and we've seen Moki take Zane very close before. If there's a time, it's kind of Rusty Mango in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Well, M- Mango is in practice, though, and he looks really good. So he's a VTuber hard... now. So yeah, I hear. I okay, let me uh, let me actually ask you guys one last matchup that I want to talk about, and this is the matchup that I think is just. So, um, I think the recent record tells a false story in this matchup. And I want you guys to tell me if I'm smoking crack on this or not. I think that, I think that people are sleeping on Leffen versus Mango. I think we, we've reached a point in their, their head-to-head and their rivalry dynamic where Mango either just bulldozes him or wins some in, insane reverse 3-0 heartbreaker set or whatever. So I actually looked this up for my column earlier this week, and, and Mango is currently on a six-set winning streak against Leffen. Like, it's been, it's been wow. again, a mix of heartbreakers and a mix of blowouts, right, during that yeah. whole time. But the point is 6-0. This is a fate, and I want to mention that this is a rivalry that used to go back and forth. They'd have really close sets, they'd have total blowouts in each other's direction. There was a time when Leffen beat Mango, like, five times in a row and it really looked like mango was struggling with against him then mango kind of went back and forth and now we're currently in a phase where mango's falco just trounces him and i think this is i think this is crazy it is insane that there's this rivalry that was so back and forth you know one of the most exciting or at least the most high octane matchups in the in the in the game's history and we're currently in this phase where i think if you ask most people they they just assume that mango mango's falco is going to roll them over and i think that i i, I don't really buy it I, I don't buy the fact that that leffen is just going to be roadkill for for mango's falco and as such this is a this is something that i want to see at this event also mm-hmm. if, if only out of out of curiosity tof you are a a box player and mm-hmm. a, a Falco, you you played some Falco also. You've you've watched a lot of these sets. You've commentated them. What what is what is your take on this? Is is Leffen just gonna get run over from here on out, or is is that just the new era we're in? I mean, you've seen these sets also, so I like that have happened recently. So I want to hear your perspective as well. Yeah, totally. Uh, no, I'm with you. I don't think it's like I think it's it's, it's a little bit overblown. Um, it's the kind of thing where for Mango and Leffen, I think because of the way they play, like I feel like when they haven't played first, I, I just feel, don't they play kind of like the density of sets they have feels lower. I feel like their sets are further and fewer between in, in, in the sense that there's just more time between them. Or maybe there's always been a good bit of time between them, but I feel like Leffen, when he's doing well versus Mango, he's kind of been playing him a lot. I feel like that's the kind of le- player Leffen is. Um, and I feel Ma- Mango's incredibly different from every other Falco. Like, I mean, this is, I mean, his Fox is also very different from other Fox, right? And uh, I think that just favors Mango. Like, I think that for Mango, Foxes are, you know, Mango playing Geo is way better practice for Mango's Leffen matchup than anything Leffen can do, short of mm-hmm. fighting Mango. Um, Leffen 
plays like, you know, I'm not going to, obviously he doesn't play like, like the most extreme way to say it is he's like an idealized version of the Diamond Dozen Fox, which is not really true. That's kind of an un unfair way of saying it. But I think from Mango's perspective, that's probably how it kind of materializes, you know, um, like, yeah, it, it, and, 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 and it's the same, it's kind of, I feel like it's kind of in, in some ways the same deal uh, for Cody. I, I, yeah, I just think it's, it's really hard for these, um, it's really hard for that matchup for whatever reason uh, to, to work out to where, yeah, there, there's, there's going to be like almost like a practice diff. Like I think Mango's got no shortage of, you know, high level Foxes that he gets good, like very relevant practice against. And I think for, for Leffen, like, I think he's basically starting every Mango set, like kind of refiguring things out. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder about that, that one point that you brought up about, um, Leffen being the idealized Diamond Dozen Fox. I don't know if I think I, I agree with that. Um, I don't. I don't agree with it either. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I think that like if you're gonna make that comparison with a top player, I feel like Cody is the one that you would you would say for that, right? Like Cody definitely plays. I think the more sustainable, um, modern fox style. That I think that uh, yeah. any any good fox probably good practice for Cody. I think that Levin definitely plays pretty gambling now. I don't know if that's a oh, that maybe you're right. Me. I know what you mean. Um, Actually, you know what the set that made me um, really feel that was um, Leffen versus Fiction at Genesis, which 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 did go to Game Five. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I kind of felt the same way the whole time. I was like, Leffen's gonna lose this. Leffen's gonna lose this. He's gonna find a way to lose this. And like, he like kind of didn't, but it didn't look that stable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that style feels really rough against Mango in particular, at least right now. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that like old school Leffen was a little bit more like you're describing, where like he would yeah. get his opening super clean and like Crush was like trying to imitate him super perfectly and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I, right. I do think that he's kind of evolved a little bit over time though. So I wonder, I wonder how much of it is like a style thing versus just like a a practice thing. I, do, I definitely agree with what you're saying about, about his relationship uh, with fighting Cody though that that definitely feels a lot more um mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. oh, okay I know how to deal with Fox's full hop even if there's like a player that can do all 30,000 of the mix-ups I could still just you know deal with all of that right well Amby let me let me ask you this then because you brought up Cody and I think that's a pretty good comparison for another elite or you know top Fox in the world going against Mangos Falco do you think that Leffen is a do you think that Leffen has a significantly worse shot versus Mangos Falco than Cody or is it about the same given the experience and, like, history that he and Mango have had. Yeah, that's, I think that's very interesting. To me, that's hard to just, that's hard to really, to really gauge. Um, because I, I do think that um, the two things that I, I think are worth mentioning here is that Cody is definitely a lot more in practice than Leffen is at any given tournament, which I think matters a lot versus Mango especially. Like, I think that Mango is a player that's very difficult to make mistakes against. I think that... Um, you know, relative to other, you know, top players even, um, if you misface something, you get, like, you know... Tove mentioned earlier, like, the, the bullshit stuff that, like, the mid-level and the-level players have against Falco, where it's, like, okay, if you play, like, at the top level, like, this, the, the proportion of errors that you see is, like, really not enough to sway anything in Falco's favor mm -hmm. um, at the super, super top level, which is why you see, like, all these mid-level Falcos and, like, comparatively few, like, uh, super, super high-level Falcos, especially, like, at the tier Mango's at. Um, but I also think that like, you know, maybe left in style is conducive to higher reward in certain spots. Um, like the set that, that Tev described about, uh, fiction versus left in, where like, I feel like left in can kind of just pull it out sometimes and like, you know, get some like huge opening and like kill someone at zero. 
And I think that comparatively, maybe that's a little bit harder to find against a, against a player like Mango if you're playing a style that's more similar to Cody. Um, very hard question to answer, actually. Like, it feels like it should be, like, a, a relatively straightforward thing to say, but it's like, oh, well, there's so many factors, and it's hard to say, like, which of these factors is making him, you know, more or less favored against this player than that player. But I think at the end of the day, both of them are super unfavored against Mango, so it's kind mm-hmm. of a moot point. Jake, I'll let you have the last word. Yeah, I mean, I think back to main stage, and I think historically to the way that Leffen kind of plays himself into form. Typically, Leffen needs, you know, about a tournament at the very least of, like, top layer play, top player practice and competition and that sort of thing to really feel sharp against the top players you know can squeak out some wins definitely isn't playing with the full bag of tricks the full sharp punishes and will take some beating sometimes uh, main stage was interesting because Leffen was looking kind of you know pretty out of it for some reasonable reasons and then when Leffen played mango it felt like Leffen was remembering quickly how to play the game again mm-hmm. in a way that was very surprising and you actually saw this versus hungry box as well going from just looking kind of lost in game one to remembering exactly what the playbook is through games two, three, and four in a way that was really surprising. And this actually started to kick in against Mango 2, which was kind of funky. I always thought stylistically, Leffen's Fox at its best actually handled Mango very, very well. And then Mm -hmm. Mango has always been hyper-tuned to just whoop Cody. And it's interesting because when Cody was trying to contend for number one, the two big roadblocks were Zane and were Mango. And over the years, we've seen, in some would argue the harder matchup, Fox Marth, where Cody legitimately is just kind of stunning on Zane, outplaying Zane, and then also introducing things in the matchup that make the matchup look more Fox-favored. And in the Mango sets, it's just like the opposite in some sense. It just looks like Mango just finds like another way to just kind of chump on Cody. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's interesting when you watch like Mango play Aglo or something like that. A very very different sort of style of player who is also very sharp. You know, yeah. coming out of the gates really really fast, with maybe some stylistic things that you know Mango isn't exactly in shape against. Um, I think it's weird because Leffen could just show up and and get, I don't know, like thirteenth at this, and then, you know, there's not much we can really say about it. It really depends on how much Leffen has picked up a controller that actually works. And what controller he shows up with. It's really hard to say. I would weirdly say that, like, Leffen, after about two tournaments with a controller that he feels comfortable with, does have a better chance than Cody versus Mango yeah. right now. I, th- I think, uh, I think what you mentioned, you know, Leffen could get 13th at this tournament. Obviously, he, can, he could also win if he plays really great. But, but you know, we're, we're talking about a field that has Mango in it. Potentially, Zane, don't test us and Zane the, in the same pools match. He could run to Sunsei or something. We we know that's Ooh. a scary mm-hmm. matchup for Leffen. Yeah, I think I think it'll be pretty interesting to see how he does. I think this is a it was good hearing you guys talk about Leffen versus Mango because I definitely think that's something that we you know has has been taken for granted yeah. or has had its outcome taken for granted in the last two and a half years or so but but i think there's a there's a bit more happening underneath i think there's a lot of layers to it that make it a more interesting matchup than the than the head-to-head show so you know keeping that in mind we do have to make our selections for cool in the event so chroma mm. let, let's start with you tell me yeah. who, who who do you think is gonna win i actually think cody shot tweaks it I think Cody's just got the best heads-to-heads versus everyone. I think he will manage to dodge Mango. I think that's how it's going to work out. I think if you took Mango out of the equation last year, Cody was the best player in certain senses. And Cody looks strong enough versus J. Mook and Zane and everyone else in the field where 
I think he's I think he's the you know he's definitely not like the favorite against the field, but Cody's my pick. I do want to ask one really quick thing with Cody. Just, do you think it's scary that there's a now? I I would not say that Cody Schwab is weak in the Fox Ditto, but I would say that it's a very difficult matchup to uh, mm-hmm. maintain consistency in at the top level. So yeah. I do want to propose to you in a in an event where Cody Schwab could be playing Moki and Leffen and Sunsei or however other many Fox players that are in multiple sets. Is this? just by virtue of the characters they play and the innate volatility of that matchup. Is that something that concerns you about Cody's ability to make it into that part of bracket where he'll play his Amsas or his Zanes or whomever else that we know that he can defeat? In some sense. I think Jmook and Zane actually have a stronger expected performance versus the Field of Foxes than Cody. I feel like Amsa might actually have about the same or a worse one. And I think everyone else is strictly worse. I think the way that this is going to end up happening is that it won't end up mattering enough. If I have the structure right, I think Cody goes 3-1 through Swiss, maybe manages to take a loss in some Swissy way, and then things kind of work out for him the way everything else goes. I think how it's going to work out for top eight is that it's not going to matter. I think Cody ends up dodging every Fox there and does make it to winners. But I think it's a good point. Ambi, tell me, who's winning? I think Amsa will win. Um... I think that this tournament format, weirdly enough, um, favors him a lot more than a lot of other players. Um, because I think that Amsa, to me, has always represented a player that um, maybe maybe like not as bad as Jamie with Hungrybox, but as a player that has a lot of favorable brackets and a couple of like really, really scary brackets. And I think that the format feels really conducive to like Amsa running into Cody not meaning the end of his event. Um, and I think that, you know, like you look at like his, his spread versus the players. And I always feel like these events reward players that have bigger, um, more positive spread against the field rather than like specific head to heads that they're likely to hit late in bracket. Um, I think that Amsa, I've always maintained that like people say that Amsa is slumping. I think that Amsa is uh, roughly the same level that he was at um, late last year. I don't really buy that he's like significantly worse than he was back then. I think that, um, you know, late uh, 2022, Amsa definitely won a lot of coin flips. And in early 2023, he lost a lot of those same coin flips. Um, I think that, um, you know, I don't, I don't believe the narrative that Amsa has been slumping. I think that he is uh, as good as he has been. I think that, um, Players like Mango, I don't know how good that that you know, I don't know how good he is right now. I know that he's enjoying the game more and practicing on stream, but that still feels pretty favorable for Amsa. I think Moki is traditionally pretty hard for Amsa, but um, has expressed like concerns about not practicing as much or not feeling confident going into the tournament. Um, I don't know. Overall, it just feels pretty. You know, there's no flop. That's another big one, right? Um, I, it just feels like a, an event that's heavily stacked in Omsa's favor, just between the format and the pool of players. So I'm going to go with Omsa. Tof? Yeah, I think Moki's winning it. I'm just going to say it. I think Moki's got to dodge Zane somehow, but, you know, I'm just seeing what they're putting out on social media. I feel like there's been an overall theme um, that started as a joke where Zane is like, I mean, you saw that tweet. There was a cryptic video where Zane was like kind of bowing to him and saying like, I'm not worthy or something. And Moki's in the chair with the sunglasses. I think that's going to start seeping into the gameplay. It already kind of has Moki's last set versus Zane. Um, 
<clears throat> Moki's last set versus Zane, easily by far, he looked, you know, the best he ever, you know, he's, you, we're used to seeing him just get totally blown out of the water by the Marth. And finally, Moki's looking, I think he even tweeted, like, okay, that's the first, like, real set we've really had. Um, yeah, I think Moki's doing it. We, we already know he's a just a, you know, a menace in Foxitos. He can beat any, any Spacey. Uh, I think he's kind of in that, uh, you know, Josh man f- meme conversation, except you're not that meme about like, you know, I think it's a matter of time before he gets his J McQuinn. Why not now? You know, I think Moki's going to be the mo- the moist, the, the moist mo- mogul, moist, whatever that they're, that team, they're going to do what they can to, to make him comfy, you know? And I feel like a comfy Moki is a very scary thing. So I'm, 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 I'm saying it's, it's Moki's time. We definitely love really? to do that. Yeah. Give me real. Because Moki is the player within the field who has not won a major yet, Toph, give me the three three names that he beats in the final bracket. Any, oh, dude, any yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, like, I could easily construct a bracket where it's extremely believable, right? It's like Mango, Cody, Amsa. Mm-hmm. Mango, Cody, Amsa. Okay. You know, you know what I mean? That's not even weird at all. It's like, seriously, it's Zane Jamu yeah. who, or like HBox. You know? Hbox Cody Omsa, I think, is very doable for him. Very doable. It's not even that. He might be favored in each of those, honestly, like by the margins. In a, in a weird way. In a weird way. Yeah. I think those are all great picks. I did make my pick in my column, so unfortunately, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that. I just think Cody Schwab is so so. You know, I, I feel like I say this for every tournament, right? I feel like I say this for every tournament that Cody... Sh- it's the same story. His spread against the field is amazing. His quote-unquote weaknesses in the field are like, you know, the natural volatility of foxes, which also hurts the other foxes, and like maybe Kadoran, like every now and then. When they, when they, in, when they randomly... Sp- when, when he drops a set to Kadoran where he plays bad and then just like 3-0s him the other time that they play, right? That That's just like, other than those two things, I think Cody's very reliable against the field. Maybe maybe Triff could be, Triff might be kind of tough, but he might lose to Triff in a format of the uh, of the event that still leads to him being in winner's bracket, right? And then when you look at his matchups in the top seeds, I just think he's really, he's really spotless. And I, th- I think even his weak matchup versus Mango, which, you know, to be fair, is quite weak. I still think that's not in the realm of... I still think that's that's a set within the realm of possibility for him to overcome and then get to those matchups that he wins. So my call is that Cody does it through a mix of Zane, Amsa, and HBox. I think he, he like, like he is at almost every event that he's entered this year. I think Cody is a leading contender. And I think this will close off a really good time period for him and really give him that lead in the in the race for number one that we're going to see for, for summer rank coming up. So I guess with that out of the way, we do have some questions, mostly for Toph. Uh, oh. Chroma, you, you can answer them also, but I do want to clarify that this is overwhelmingly for Toph. All of them are for Toph. No one wants to hear... Chroma's opinion, but I want to hear it. That's so crazy. Chroma, you can oh, I, like I think Chroma's got great opinions. I would ask you a question, Chroma. <laughs> Edward so, actually said only four Toph in the questions. I did. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Insanely BM. A- anyways, uh, the first question is from Seal. Now, I, I just want to be really quick. I copy paste. <laughs> I, I I copy pasted Jackzilla making uh, editing Seal's question and making it his own question. So I'm gonna ask you the original that Seal asked, and that but on the screen it's gonna show Jackzilla's version of the question. So answer whichever one you think is more spicy. And the the question is, what do you think are some of the biggest ways that top level melee commentary today is different from five or ten years ago? 
15 years ago, it was very obvious what, yeah. what's different. So five or 10, <laughs> five or 10 is the prompt here. Five or 10 would be like Evo time frame, right? Dude, yeah. I think I think the biggest way that melee commentary is different today to answer this question, sir, I could do some meme answers, but I think the biggest way that it's different functionally, and I think this is something that we did back in the day that maybe we should even start breaking back, dude. Um, we, you know, I think in the in the platinum era or whatever we called it, basically the Evo era, twenty thirteen through through twenty eighteen, let's say loosely, or maybe even, you know, shorter or longer, depending on how you define it. I feel like we were really into the idea of Melee growing, and I feel like that reflected in our commentary, where I feel like when we commentate Melee today, and I'm, I myself am guilty of this, I kind of had this like tacit assumption. Tacit is the wrong word. Anyway, I do this thing where I assume everyone watching is like platinum on Slippy. Um, like, sweaty, I don't, dude. We're much sweatier. Right, it might literally be true. You know, I don't know, whatever. Point is, we would commentate Evo, and you know, Bobby would say things, and I'm not saying we need to do this at every tournament but bobby would say things like oh yeah really good di from so-and-so there and by the way you know just you know there's some of you tuning in who you know might might have come from street fighter di stands for direct directional influence and blah 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 blah. Basically, you know so we would do stuff like that intentionally with this kind of notion and even when we didn't concretely do things like that um like that's a very clear example we had this undertone there was this kind of yeah like kind of implicit vibe that we were commentating to grow the game not commentating to cater to the existing audience maybe 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 it was just too many leffen tweets about how commentators don't know anything and da -da 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 this that and the other that, that got us moving in this direction but but yeah i, I don't think we really commentate for to, we don't commentate to grow the game as much anymore um which is which is uh yeah i don't know i don't know how i feel about it i i haven't thought about it really i, I kind of just I kind of just thought of that. For, I haven't been thinking. I haven't been stewing on that answer for a while. You just read the question out, and then I was like, oh, I think this is the biggest thing that's different." Girl, Obviously, I'm definitely, like, uh, yeah. I'm definitely like know. imagining, uh, like like Walt and Radar being like, doing their little line read where they talk about like what directional influence is. It's uh -huh. a very funny mental image. Yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah like so directional story. influence is when you hold away on the on the analog stick, or you can hold inward, but you risk potentially getting comboed more out of that. I love it. I and love that was it. a great back air by Hungrybox there. I do think we've gotten a lot better commentary. I just thought it would be a more interesting answer if I, you know, named something that we stop doing or do worse. But I mean, I think we've gotten a lot better in a lot of. I think I've gotten a lot better in a lot of ways. Um, I remember I have a very clear moment in my head of main, not a recent main stage. It was 2017. It was, it was like the first main stage, I think. Anyway, it was AMSA X. And I remember, I remember coming out of that top eight being like, that was the first time I've ever commentated a floaty ditto. Well, not ditto, but a floaty matchup. Well, ever like yeah, that was towards the end of that, that period, um, of the, you know, if I'm going to, if I'm going to joke about Leffen, you know, whatever. I should also point out that I think a, a tweet Leffen made that, that I thought was very constructive criticism was that he was like, most commentators don't know how to commentate floating matchups. And I was thinking like, who are the existing commentators? Okay, I play Fox, that's a fast faller. Bobby plays Falcon, that's a fast faller. Brandon and Phil play Spacey's. So on and so forth. You see where I'm going with this. So I was kind of like, yeah, Vish plays, you know. So I was like, huh, there is fast, there is extreme fast faller bias just in the pool of people who commentate we should probably get better at this. So I, I did, you know, and I think we have, at least I think I have. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of things we do better. So don't, don't get me wrong. All right. Jake, do you have anything you want to add to the topic? 
Oh no, I answered this off the air, and it is not suitable for the podcast. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> All right, <laughs> we we quickly move on then. Okay. So, Toph, this one is from Anaconda. I oh, I'm I'm actually curious to hear your answer on this one. Okay. What do you think of the recent trend toward having events streamed via top player channels like Hungry Boxes or huh. or Mango Stream? Damn, yeah. Uh, I think it's yeah, or Ludwig's right for this weekend. Um. Yeah, it's probably good. Um, like, I mean, it definitely gives visibility to tournaments that probably otherwise wouldn't get that much. Um, and I think it's probably a symbiotic relationship in the sense that, like, then Cody Schwab is something to stream. When he's trying, you know, there was this big worry that kind of went away. I feel like we used to talk about this a lot more. Like, I remember talking about this a lot leading into, like, tournaments like Big House 9. People used to talk about, like, man, these top players are going to stop going to tournaments because they make more money staying home. Um so that is can only be a positive for them, you know, and incentivizes people like Mango and Cody or whatever to go to tournaments. That's probably a good thing. Um, I think the only thing that, like, I would say is somewhat of a bummer is, like, I, I liked... I do like the era where, you know, you kind of knew when it... You knew when there was a tournament going on. When I say you, I don't mean us. I mean the dilettante of the community, you know, the, the, the casual spectator, the people who only know about the five gods and nothing else, you know, they kind of, I feel like there was this era where you kind of knew, you knew something was going on because it was, because VG bootcamp was live. And then you knew something was going on because BTS smash was live. Um, and that's kind of good. I think to capture a certain subset of the audience, I just don't know how big that group actually is. Um, it's, 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 it's just a general sense I've had. I've honestly never been the best to talk about, uh, where the viewership is coming from and stuff like that. Honestly, this is an area. Uh, I, I, I joke about this person a lot, but I do think this is an area where Crimson Blur would, would probably just know best. Um, I don't know. I think it's good. I think the trend, going back to Anaconda's question, I think it's it's probably just a good thing. The Cave. I've watched way more of The Cave because of it being on Zane's channel and it pops up in my following. I've, I have not really watched The Cave except for maybe some of the YouTube uploads back when it was like VG Bootcamp. If, if, if the cave was ever VG Bootcamp, I might be making that up. You get what I'm saying. Chroma, you have anything you want to add? Yeah, I mean, I think it's this really interesting uh, series of things. I mean, it's good to have the synergy of just having top player followings, follow tournaments that they wouldn't necessarily see before. I love when Kadoran streams the San Diego tournaments, of course, the Zane That's Caves, cool. Cody streaming stuff. It's all great, right? I think that's neat. I, I worry a little bit about like growing talent and that sort of thing. Like, I don't know if, if Brando would have developed the same way if he was not streaming under NYC Melee, but I'm not oh, really sure true. like how I, how that actually evolves. I actually feel a little bit differently about majors. I mean, it's good to get top players revenue and have that draw. I don't think it's something that you necessarily need for like a big major. Like if big melee is happening, people will find it, especially if it's on some sort of centralized channel. The other thing that's kind of a more practical thing is like, it's annoying when like you're Mango, let's say, and you have a major stream coming by, and, I think I and a lot of people going. who aren't, yeah, exactly, a lot of people who aren't regulars are coming in, and they're saying some pretty like insane stuff, and you know what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. like, uh, like especially when certain players are playing, and like you've got like the Mango mod squad who's hanging around like midday on a Sunday. And they now have to mod like 30,000 people. And it's That's it's nice. tough because then you have to coordinate like, oh, Mango, you got it. You know, here's some people you can mod, but does he really want to do that? You know, there are a lot of parts of it that are that are a little bit funkier, which is which is unfortunate. And I think finding the tournaments can be trickier in some senses.
I think we just give power to Blur. Yeah, I, I, I do want to say um, just one thing on the, this topic. Um, I think ta- in, in lieu of a central organization or like a flagship group like BTS or VGBC being able to stream events, I think it makes sense to have people with the largest audiences stream content from events. I think I think it's important to you know give give those events that kind of platform. I think that's something that shouldn't be understated. But I, but I do think that one of the benefits of having a flagship organization like BTS is that they could create a, they could create a healthy ecosystem for events and content channels and just the the entirety of Smash really by by virtue of their resources and creating deals with events where they were the ones essentially paying events for the right to stream their content. I think that unfortunately, when it comes to top players, and, and I'm not <laughs> saying top players are evil evil here. I we just are. think, uh, but I just think that the incentives for a top player to lend, essentially lend its audience for a grassroots event that's providing the content, is very landlordy, and I think mm-hmm, it leads. Mm-hmm. To, I think it leads to some. I think it leads to some potentially toxic, uh, toxic uh, dynamics that hold Smash back, uh, and yeah. I don't think that. I don't think that it's unreasonable. For someone like Mango or Hungrybox or Cody or Zane or whomever to say that if a major is using my channel, I want some kind of compensation. I don't think it's unreasonable in a vacuum, but I think that unfortunately when when brought to a bigger scale, I think it can lead to some really, really bad, like like harmful dynamics that keep the scene and the events ecosystem back from growing. So while I think so I just want to be clear, I I think it makes sense. It's I think it makes sense in the age of you know influencers to try to find the closest thing that we have to those in Smash, which are top mm-hmm. players. But I, I don't think that it's necessarily a sustainable or long term thing that we should do if the influencers are top players within the community and stuff, right? Typically, for the last couple of years, it's 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 like it's been the other way around, right? Like the you know it is the tournament that's selling yes. uh, the broadcast broadcast rights to the streamers. So yeah, I. Yeah, I think it shouldn't operate in that direction at all. And I think that uh, uh, what else was I gonna say? I'm gonna make one more point. Ah, uh, yeah. And I will. I will also add. I will also add that um, uh, it, it is also very good. I think when um when tournaments are on Hungrybox's channel and I get to see the insane t- dude. Hbox's chat has H-box's crazy chat takes. I love. Build I love them in laboratories. They, they, they are, they are, I don't think they're looking at the screen most of the time. Um, Dude, it's crazy. They're like chat GPT, Twitch chat. They, are. they exist they're, in real life like too. It's crazy. Right. Dude, Ganon Puff is like 70-30 for Ganon. <laughs> right. So Dude, um, there was bad. There was one where like Panda did the craziest. Have you guys ever tried to shine Spike a Jigglypuff? Oh yeah. Yeah. So you know, it's, you know how Puff should die to mm-hmm. that. Because the puff had to do four things wrong each time they got side spiked, <laughs> and you have to side spike them three times, so they had to do twelve things wrong. So Panda killed Hbox by side spiking Hbox, and the chat was like, "Fox is so stupid, side spike so broken." I'm just like, <laughs> I, 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 I would need pages to write an essay about why you're wrong. Yeah, Akir hits um, Akir hits Hbox with one DK up here, and the chat's like, DK Puff is so broken. People think it's an unfair match for Puff. It's like 60-40 DK. 
I'm not saying Juan was trying, but I saw the end of that set where Juan gets hit with, I believe it was four throw fair. Which, <laughs> you, literally, you almost have to like DI into it. And someone's like, DK is too strong in this matchup because it's easy for DK to get grabs and that combo is scared. It's unhinged. It's yeah. like Hungry Boss was a, was a parody account that was on Twitter, but I think the problem with satire is that it needs to have a... Um, a contrast clear enough to identify the satire and hungry boxes chat has completely destroyed hungry boss's livelihood yeah. <laughs> yes yeah all right the uh the last question we have is from yams um, yes Tof, yeah this is tof how much of live commentary is reacting to or plowing by fumbles from yourself or your co-commentator in the moment now just to be clear this is a slightly modified version of like just rephrased more to the point but okay. the example he brings up is uh from genesis 4 when scar tr scar are you one, one of you two brings up the departed but the but the reference is fumbled like like for whatever reason it's not explained or or scar forgets something and you just quickly move on for it I totally so i guess that's an example that he he was referencing in his way of wording the question did you say genesis 4 yeah Damn, so I definitely had not... Is The Departed? Is that the American version yes. of the Journal Affairs? Yes, yeah. it was The Departed. Yes, that's exactly I it. I have seen The Departed, but I definitely have. I definitely saw it more recently than Genesis 4. Very likely I didn't catch the reference, and I moved on because I didn't catch the reference, and I, was, and I, I, <laughs> and I didn't know what was going on. Uh, damn, fumbles? I would say... Yeah, I mean, I, if I, I don't know, I would say not that. But Chrome, what do you think? Because we commented very. You're actually the person I commented with the most recently. When yeah. you very little, right? I mean, I feel like you play off of your co. No, I actually, I think this is more of a thing. Like when you're in the weeds of commentary, and you're like maybe a rising person, and you're coming up through like, you know, like Fridays, Saturdays. Maybe you just haven't ever talked to the person before, and it's not even necessarily oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. a fumble, but it's like you just you're just not in the same wavelength at all, and you just kind of have to make it work. I think um, I have had that, yeah. And then, and then I think like you've got your friend, like like Jack starts talking about Lord of the Rings, and like I have never read the Silmarillion, and I've lied to him many times about that I've read the Silmarillion, and I have to very artfully dodge through all those scenarios where he's talking about like Feanor or something, or like I, I don't know, <laughs> like the Numenorians or some shit. And you know, I think I think part of it is just the natural gaslighting that occurs in every friendship. Has has Jack ever commented with the Blur? I mean, I'm sure they have. Oh, that's but that's have actually, they talked about because Blur knows about the Cimmerian stuff. That's apparently, a, apparently, that's a fascinating. I don't remember that, that dynamic ever. you just brought up with Jack reminds me of what like I want to see my, that. That reminds me of what my friendship is like with Ambi and Wheat. Honestly, makes sense. But usually be... we just bring up the topic of. But usually it's me. I don't. I don't know what my equivalent to. Lord of the Rings is with them. You guys have been joking about suicide in the studio a lot lately. You, hey, hey, okay. hey, don't, hey. don't, don't, don't love me with them. This is a weed thing. This has <laughs> lately been a weed thing. Let's not. If, if anyone's worried getting canceled, about wheat. If anyone's getting canceled, it's him. What do you mean we're canceled? We're going to someone's in trouble and you're going to be like, oh, let's punish him? That's, that's terrible. All right. Well, I so like speaking of wheat, by the way, I actually, um, and by I, I'm going to, do the uh, responsible leader thing and throw the blame onto someone else, uh, like all great Smash community leaders are, are supposed to do, and uh, and mention that uh, 
my our producer actually has a video from Wheat that Wheat recorded that he wanted to play during the show. I think he's gonna give like a question or something. We're, oh, we're no. supposed to answer it. So I think we should have actually done this about a segment and a half ago or two segments ago or so. But let's see uh, let's see if we can get that video from Wheat up there. Because this is this was his contract. Hey guys, Gimme that Wheat here, uh, on vacation and I'd love to say having a nice enjoyable time away from all the seeding and rankings of the world um, but I did just take place in one of the worst seeded tournaments I've ever been in a family-run ping-pong tournament and uh, did I lose yeah I, I, I did but I think it was um, some, some bush league seeding that was going on and, and, a, and a band technique that was allowed uh, in round two that wasn't allowed in round one but, but I digress. Um, we've got more important things to talk about because we are talking about LACS this week. We've got a large tournament coming up this week, and uh, I'd love to be able to talk about it, but I trust all of you on the show to be able to do it. But I will say, I think AMSA has this one. I, I just have something in me that really, really makes me think this is going to be his big return to form, and we're going to see major winning AMSA back. Now, before I go, I'm sure you guys are going to talk about who's going to win, but I want to ask you something else. We've got LACS, we've got Fate, we've got Gommel, and those are three back-to-back -back events that close out the year in terms of um, the summer rank. Now, why, my question for all of you is who has the most to gain and who has the most to lose in terms of rankings in these next three weeks? Um, I'm going to go back to enjoy myself. I've got a margarita that needs to be downed uh, expeditiously so i'm gonna go do that but i will be back next week to talk about all this uh, all the crazy stuff that happens at lacs and uh can't wait to hear you guys talk about it because i'm sure you're gonna do such a great job all right i'll see you all later see ya so true that's what i think well yeah too true boys? Yeah, no, he was he was spinning, though I think Kyrie Irving should apologize. I do disagree there. <laughs> yeah, I don't think calling ba Ballinger's uh, apology was very good either. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I really so don't know what we was talking about with that part, so, you know. Yeah, so definitely he, he seems to agree with Ambi that Amps has a good chance of winning the event. I think that's a pretty reasonable take. But his question was who has the most to, to gain and the most to lose from this from this period of three weeks coming up to summer rank. So yeah. I, th I think Anthony there's a is mango. I think that's pretty easy. Most, you say most to gain or most oh, you think you think most to gain I think, most it's, I think it's for both. Mm -hmm. I've, I've been, reasonable. I've been, I've been so annoyed with the whole mango situation in terms of the summer rank because yeah. he, uh, he better he win through two tournaments. And mm -hmm. like, I've heard various things about like what people are thinking about doing with mango on their ballots. Cause he did come back and kind of did very well at a bunch of tournaments, and there's a chance that he does very well at this tournament. What and, did he uh, do really good at besides tipped off? Tipped off? Besides tipped off, or was it? Well, off? he did well in Battle of BC winners bracket. Yeah, until Marth Marquez <laughs> came out. He did well weird. at one and a half events. Right. That's yeah. No, so I think that Mango, um, you know, if he does bad at this event, it's looking grim. <laughs> It's looking I'm ranking grim, him 17th. For, grim for your boy. I don't want to rank him 17th. People will get mad at us. People will dox Oh, it's us. bad for us because they'll try I'll and kill us. Move again <laughs> because... Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, no. So, uh, 
definitely. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. 97th at Genesis 9. And then going Marth and Loser's Bracket at Battle BC. So I think that him doing well would be really good because he would not get ranked 17th or whatever the fuck. Do you guys um, do, you know, local PRs do an activity cutoff? You have to yeah, have yeah, we have something like that. What's the activity cutoff for the summer rank? It's three majors. Three majors. And uh, alternatively, I'm... there's a, another clause that's like if you don't have three majors, but you have a lot of regionals where you fight top 100 players, then that counts that too. That counts. But uh, Mango, just three majors Mango played at. So yeah, Mango... Mango play at Genesis? He played, yeah. Well, that was what I was about to say. So hang well, on. That's, that's a, that's a very contentious easy... question. Well, I'm saying you have an easy solution. How many how many majors have Mango been to? Genesis? Uh, three, Battle DC tipped off. This would make four. Ah, uh, this would make four. Yeah, no, it's yeah. fucked. You could make the argument that he wasn't at Genesis, Genesis yeah. and half of Battle of BC. <laughs> and half of and then it's 2.5 and you just don't rank him and no one tries to but kill him. But he you. does have the sets with the other half of that clause, right? Yeah. He has the sets against top He's not players. gone any he regionals has, for shit. He has the set versus Mateo, who is the top 100 player, which he, he lost. Lose. Yeah. He, yeah. But he wasn't there to play it, so that doesn't count. Personally, I don't care. You know, Mango does well. They'll complain that we didn't rank him first. Mango does badly. Uh, we're going to rank him 20 millionth. I put Claymores in my lawn this week in anticipation of both scenarios. So my answer is actually JMook and JMook. Um, you know, if JMook wins, and if, especially if JMook, you know, beats Hungrybox or his Ains Ices or any combination of like Cody, it's fantastic. And JMook is right back in the race for number one. And then if he loses, it feels weirdly dire. Um, Edwin yeah. had a bit in his column where, what did you say? In one of the scenarios. Oh, well, for... so, so one of the scenarios that I had yeah. for Jamuk was, was that, so he ended up facing off in, in the in the bracket that I built out. He faced off against Ansa in uh, loser's quarters. And what happened in the die rolls is that Jamuk rolled a one and Ansa rolled God. a nine, which are the <laughs> highest and lowest respective scores that they had. And so... So in, in that scenario where Amsa just like steamrolls him in, in six minutes, it, it was about as ugly as, as it could be. I don't had, think that will Mook, happen. But... You had Jamuk announcing that he was done for the summer. <laughs> well, I mean, he rolled a one and Amsa rolled and he, a nine. He's like, I'm not attending any more tournaments anymore. And like, so that's somehow now I feel that things are grim. I think Jmook is a good because I mean I, the reason I think Jmook is a good answer for who has the most to lose is because he entered the year when you know people were talking about he could potentially become the first player of the SSBM rank like era to win the first three majors of a year right like that mm -hmm. that was a that was pretty sky high right so if he doesn't win this event and like let's say Cody beats him and Jmook doesn't do so hot and he has a performance like CEO you know in terms of like a magnitude of drop. That, that's pretty big, right? Like I, I would say that's not a, that's not a non, that's not a, uh, that's a pretty substantial drop, right? Is that a lot to lose from being in contention for having the hottest start of a year ever to being like top five, or like falling out of it? Maybe I, I doubt falling out of it, but yeah, I, I don't know. Toph, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think for very similar reasoning to, I mean, Jamie was actually going to be my answer, but I'm going to be different uh, because you know. My answer got taken, so I'm gonna say, I'm Sorry. gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, no, it's fine. I'm gonna say Cody for similar reasoning. Um, for both, for both, yeah, no, I like same, same deal, right? Like, I think it's, it's funny because, like, for some reason, like, no one's, which is good. Don't get me wrong. I think we, I, I don't think we need to be sitting around giving top players a hard time for you know this, that, and the other. Uh, but yeah, no one's giving Cody a hard time at all for the tipped off performance. 
you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a, that's a bad placing. I don't know. That's, that's not great. Not a great performance. And, uh, and it's, and it's not, you know, it's not going dock, you know, it's not like, yeah, there isn't like an easy, anyway, I think Cody simultaneously, you know, Cody wins this, like, you know, we're, we're right back to saying Cody's, you know, in contention for, uh, you know, the number one spot there's been gunning for. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, Cody also has a lot to lose. Cause I think you, you know, the pressure is kind of on when you have a bad tournament, you kind of feel like you need to make up for it. So it's the exact same thing. I think as Jay Mook, Jay Mook and Cody are both like, these are players that, would not be that shocking uh, if they if they end up number one at the end of the year, um, you know. Uh, but but uh, they're just when you think it's like, oh man, this 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 guy's got it all. He's dominating the field. Um, they have some kind of rough performances out of nowhere. So I think they're in a similar boat, you know. Yeah, that's my uh, that's my that's my answer. Yeah, I think I think you all have pretty good rationales for the for the jump for like what people would gain or lose from it. I think it, it's kind of hard to go in another direction, but I'll try. Um, I guess uh, I think that I think that just I'm going to try to take a longer view of this. Right? I think Mango makes sense as someone with a lot to lose in the immediate term. But like, come on, he uh, he finished outside the top ten last year in summer rank. Uh, everyone kind of laughed, and then he ended up winning four majors and being in contention for number one by the end of the year, right? So I think all things considered, I don't think it's that much to lose for him in the long run. Although I do agree that in the short term, it would be quite a drop in rank, right? Um, I think JMook makes sense as someone to with something to lose as far as, you know, recently slumping and going from a, potentially one of the hottest starts to a year that we've seen. Um, I think someone that would have a lot to gain from doing well at this event would be AMSA. I think AMSA just, I think when Ambi talked about how there, there's kind of a, two different approaches to how you evaluate AMSA's and start to this year, right? You could view it as him slumping and potentially like a field catching up for him or him maybe like not having a hot hand anymore. Or you could run it, you could view it as him just, you know, run, running to some tough brackets where some opponents happen to play really well and he lost some coin flip situations, right? So I think if AMSA could enter that tier or that group of players that have won majors this year, he could really cement himself as not just, you know, a member of the top five or six or whatever, but really within that group of players that could have an argument for number one in the summer. And in the longer run, by virtue of winning a major, you're in contention for potentially adding on to that and entering contention for number one yet again for the year. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with him for my my person with the most to gain from this. Now for the person to with the most to lose from this, strictly in terms of competition, not in terms of career or content or anything else. I think if Hungrybox does not do well at this event, mm. we're gonna enter a period of time where he's not gonna just have two people in the field who are very difficult. But mm. you know, if he loses to Mango again, that's gonna be that could be something that's potentially trending Mango's direction if we see him win yet again. That um, you know he's he's down on Leffen in the last year and a half or so. He could have you know as many as five or six people in the field, maybe even seven. That, that you could argue, at it, assuming that he doesn't do well at this event and doesn't do well for the rest of the summer. So not only would we see a top five potentially without HBox, we could, you know, we could be heading into a time period where if he doesn't do too well, HBox for the very first time since, like, not counting the weird net play period, for the very first time, we could see HBox actually leave the group of players that we'd consider able to win super majors. We wouldn't be sleeping 
on him anymore. It would just be the new H-Box that we get used to. And I mean, like, do I even have to talk about his stupid top eight streak that, that he seems to care about a lot more than winning majors nowadays? What happens when he loses that? If there's, if there's six or seven people who are trending positively against him, H-Box's rank may not fall that much, but that perception we have of him as the guy that's capable of winning every event it could be really heading into that like like that net play period where he was struggling, but this time he doesn't have the excuse of that anymore. It would be offline. So I'm gonna actually go with HBox as someone with a lot to lose from this. And I also want to add that you know, in addition with him struggling, it could potentially coincide with periods where Mango or Zane does well, and it would be uh -huh. especially bad with Mango because on a broader scale, it would just be another argument for him over HBox the long term. It would be a for an all-time status. So I'm going to go with HBox as the person with, with a lot to lose from this month. It's really, it's funny because what you're describing is um, is where I think a lot of the community, um, including like Mango, who talked about this, uh, is where a lot of people thought HBox would be coming out of COVID <laughs> yeah. based, on co based on the online results. But now it feels... You know, okay, okay, so we kind of learned, like, wait a minute, it's okay, online actually is different for the, for this dude for whatever reason, wireless headset or the other. But now it feels like it's it might just be real, right? It's like, hang on a minute, Hbox actually does sort of have something to prove. Sounds yeah, like that's I mean, what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I went with two different players, but you could just as easily say that Hbox has a lot to gain from it, right? Because if, if he wins an goes. event... <laughs> If he wins an event like like Ludwig's tournament, or he wins Gommel uh, again and defends the title, suddenly not only is he in contention for number one, HBox's super major all time count is looking pretty nice. He, he's already got the lead, but he's already got the lead in all the smaller majors. But if he wins something like Gommel again, or or if he wins Ludwig event, that that's a that's as prestigious. As, we just talked about the the place that Ludwig tournaments hold in the major hierarchy, right? So that would already that would be a huge step up for him. All right, yeah, so HBox got a lot to uh, lose or gain. Cody got a lot to lose or gain. Mango, JMook, I think the, these are all pretty pretty great answers. So, you know, we've been talking about Melee so long. Oh. I, I've had a blast talking with you three. I think this has been a really fun show. But, you know, we are human beings with lives outside of Melee also. So this is going to our unnamed segment. Fans will, you know, often refer to it as touching grass. So in this, mo in this part of the show, we typically talk about things outside of Melee that we've been busy with or things that, you know, oh. just, just a reminder, viewers, that we're multifaceted people, right? So... I'll, I'll start for us four. Um, I went to a Dream Theater concert and Animals is... Oh, concert, I love and... Dream Theater. Wow. Are you, are you serious? I mean, it's been a long time since I listened to Dream Theater, but man, wow. in my rhythm game days, I listened to Dream Theater for sure, yeah. Yeah, I was. I, I used to be super into guitar before getting into getting more into like writing as a hobby. So I I grew up, you know, worshiping Dream Theater. They're like me and my friends from high school used to listen to all their albums and stuff, like Scenes from Memory, Images and Words and stuff. So they were there as part of this like entire prog metal troupe, like with with uh, Animals as leader and Devin Townsend also. And it was just really great seeing them now live with one of my really good friends. And I will say the lead singer, James Labrie, he's an acquired taste. I like his singing on his albums, but he's he's getting to his 60s and they have to rewrite some of the vocal lines around him. And, you know, these are like very, it's very, these are difficult songs to sing. Like he, he really hits the high, like the, like the G fives and F fives and, and like F sharp fives and stuff like that. And it's very powerful singing. And just, you know, the older you get, the, the harder it is for you to hit those notes. 
And I, I just think that there, there are unfortunately some moments where his age showed. But it was a really fun concert to go to. I had a bunch of uh, vodka lemonades with my buddy. Uh, we were just chilling, chilling, listening to some good tunes. At a 4th of July party yesterday where we played a bunch of board games and drank uh, Bud Lights patriotically. <laughs> and uh, it, was, it was great. I had, I had a really fun last week. Chroma, what about you? What have you been up to? It's been kind of a surprising month. I mean, like a lot of things happened that um, I wouldn't have anticipated, and then things happened in response to that that I would have anticipated. Um, I guess a really boring version of that would be just that I could talk about is uh, lifting. I've been kind of aiming for a thousand pounds between bench squat and deadlift. And if you told me, you know, like at the end of May, like that I would hit that at some point, like early July. And if you asked me how I would have done that, I would have given a very different answer. Um, you know, I thought my squat was already like really big and I was getting self-conscious about like having a squat that was like here at a bench that was there because I live in New Jersey and everyone benches all the time constantly and they're super, super strong on chest. Um, and then I think at some point, like I talked to Tafikins and uh, I just realized like, you know, your strengths are where your strengths are and it's good to embrace that. And then like, my my already strong squat went up more my deadlift was like miraculously somehow got stronger doing nothing to it which was great um and then i like kind of tweaked my shoulder so bench didn't move like where i thought it would i also thought it'd be heavier and i actually lost weight which typically hurts mass moves mass so that was that was kind of surprising but i'm just kind of like not putting expectations on it and just embracing whatever happens which is which is kind of fun um yeah i mean Otherwise, it's been uh, a pretty chill summer for me. I got to go to nightclub VIP. Uh, I think that was last weekend. Or like, no, weekend after last. That was a lot of fun. It was good seeing people, which was neat. Um, yeah, and then, of course, like, there's always my house, which is getting recited. And mm -hmm. somehow, all of my internet cables got disconnected while that happened. And I thought I was screwed for this podcast. And then I just started plugging random cables in outside and somehow it worked, which I didn't really know how that worked. But it, but it all came together. Ambi, what have you been up to? Uh, I feel like I always talk about ITG. So I'm going to try not to talk about ITG. But um, one thing that is, uh, I guess, relevant to my current uh recent experience is that I've lost a bunch of weight. I've lost like probably something like 15 pounds now. Um, most of which was through, uh, you know, like exercise and watching my, my diet and stuff. But um, the funny version of this is, is the heel that I've been drinking, <laughs> which I believe I mentioned last episode. Oh, God. Um, but so I gross. wanted to double down on this because, this um, <laughs> because <laughs> I have this post on my website now. Uh, which I'm going to post probably later this week, which has my reviews for all the different flavors of fuel, of which I've tried like 15 of them now. And they're all Can you explain terrible. to us what this is, by the way, for yeah, people so, who don't know? I don't know if any of you know, like, Soylent. But they're these, like, ready-to-drink. Huel. Um, Huel is, 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 I guess, the more hipster one. But this is the one that, you know, someone that I know has tried and told me is bad, which is why I decided to get it. Because I was like, wouldn't it be so funny if I lost a bunch of weight, like, as a bit? like uh, eating all these meal replacement things. and uh, So poisoning yourself. I've, yeah, no, I went down this big rabbit hole where, like, they have they have these, like, crazy powders and shit, and I got, like, the fucking 30-pound bags of them or whatever. And uh, I'm fucking losing it. I'm losing my mind. 
Um, <laughs> I miss real food. Why um, are you doing this? Uh, it's working though, and I, I will say the one thing that I didn't anticipate drinking all this shit for like the last month and a half is um is like if you look at the ingredients of this stuff, it's like just like food, right? It's like oh, it's it's like a it's blended up like chickpeas and pea protein and all this other like normal food. Um, so I'm kind of just like eating really healthy all the time. And I feel like amazing, like incredible. Like I have so much energy and like everything about my, 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 my body feels perfectly functioning. And I'm like, this feels fucked up. I feel like I was expecting to drink these and like, just to feel like complete shit. Cause it's like fucking meal replacement nonsense, but I've been drinking them and I'm like, Oh, it's like, a, it's like I just fixed my diet instantaneously as a bit. Um, so kind of a mixed bag but i think things are going well so i'm happy to report that uh since my last update where i said that i was going to do this i did this and uh now i am healthier <laughs> so hooray me i'm happy for you i worry about you so much <laughs> yeah you and your keel and 1200 calorie uh i don't eat 1200 calories that was an exaggeration i was I apologize your wife that. moves, bring, moves out to live with you soon right yeah yeah so that'll that'll be oh, happening oh. i, I the, I don't know. She's a, she hasn't bought the ticket yet, so that's not an acceptable answer to touching grass. But that will happen eventually. Um, and then that will be my answer for when that happens. But that's a time for the future. All right, take it away, Toph. Uh, I have not been playing much Melee lately in terms of you know games I play because uh, basically my controller, the Z button, doesn't work right now, so I can't grab unless I shield grab. Oh. I only play doubles with Amsa because in doubles you don't really have to grab. You know what I'm saying? So instead, <laughs> what am I playing? I'm playing... <laughs> it's true. So I've been playing Street Fighter Six, and I'm playing chess. That's Ooh. all I play. Well, and, and ITG, but I play ITG. I wouldn't say I play... How much do you play a day, Ambi? Or how long when you play? Maybe you don't play every day, but how long do you play for? Yeah, I mean, so it depends on the season because um, I, I just finished up uh, ITL 2023, which is the tech tournament. Um, and like that's like kind of a season of the year like it's like a three-month four-month tournament um and that is like a lot less strenuous on your body because it's mostly timing and like cool text or whatever um so for that i played every day i played like you know like two to four hours probably every day Mm -hmm. (laughs) um i cannot do that now because now is like the stamina season um so i've been playing uh my sets are usually like one and a half to two hours but i play like probably three ish four times a week Mm-hmm. Um, so I play a lot, but I, I can't play every day anymore because it's the, the nature of the charts. Yeah, I, I don't play ITG for that long when I play. I play, some weeks I play literally every day, but I play for like an hour or less. So it kind of works out that way. And also I'm not really playing hard stuff. Anyways, uh, yeah, by far the games I'm trying to get good at right now are Street Fighter and chess. Um, Street Fighter, a lot of low-hanging fruit. I'm improving very, very rapidly. Happy to announce announce advertise advertise that me and bobby uh scar came over earlier today we recorded the reeds street fighter it's a little bit of a oh that's fun yeah yeah two episodes for 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 the patreon only and then we did some episodes to get some fucking midweek we want to do we want to do more uploads on the reeds account we um so yeah so that's that's dope uh we're both gonna be playing it bobby bought the game on steam uh we're getting them out i got a sub to the reeds i've literally been watching the reeds since the i think it's the best like weekly melee content on youtube oh thank you appreciate appreciate it for a while um for chess yeah like i don't know if i've ever really like how much i've said this like my life goal i recently hit 2000 on Mm chess.com and my life goal. what time control uh 
rapid and bullet. Um, Blitz Jeez. is all. Blitz is almost there. Blitz is almost. Blitz is the hardest one. Wow. Um, so I've I've realized. Okay, so you know, if you're an adult or whatever, it's like you're probably not gonna be a grandmaster ever. Like, doesn't make sense. But I, I've 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 formally set a life goal that like I think I could get a title. You know, yeah. national master. Like I could I could get national master. I've. I, I'll run into title players every now and then in Blitz or Bullet. I guess it's like old timers who've probably gotten worse since their heyday or something. I don't know because you don't lose a title once you get it. And I've I've beaten them. I've taken games, you know. So I'm kind of like shit. Maybe I should should go for it. Saddest thing was the saddest thing was, and this was two days ago. I realized this. I was gonna go to the U.S. Open for chess, which is um, uh, Ooh. which is the first weekend of of first weekend first week actually of August. Yeah. And I realized there was an overlap with Evo, and I think I'm gonna do Evo. So I was like, mm. for Street Fighter, which is like the two, yeah. But so, uh, for chess, is, chess is funny. They do this thing where there's rating brackets. Because, you know, chess, you know, when we talk in Melee, like, you, you got to say someone's top 50 or top whatever, blah, 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 you know, and it's all relative to the... In chess, like, you can say someone's such and such a number, and, like, the ELO system works, right? So it's, like, it's very real. Like, someone's 2,400, like, you know, that's... People know what that means. So they have tournaments. They, they split them up into... Um, rating brackets when you go to like a mate so you there's the there's the open where the open which is which is all the good players but you you also have rating brackets for your for so so my uscf rating my us chess federation rating is much much lower than my online strength because i just don't go to that many tournaments now this is the case for a lot of people so what what people do and what i'm going to try to do is i'm trying to because i'm like i'm like 1200 over the board right so are you provisional i just got out of provisional Oh my God! Okay, go ahead. No, you can do like, it. Now. I entered like two. I, I entered like two San Francisco tournaments. So, uh, you know, and I beat like some sixteen hundreds or whatever. But, but I didn't go up enough to. I'm still in the 1,400 rating bracket, and they have prizes. Oh my God! Like the first place is like fifteen hundred dollars, and second place is like seven hundred dollars, and third yeah. place is. So I'm gonna go for it. Thing is, I think you only get one shot because I think if you don't. If you do good, but you don't get do good enough to get the money, I think probably your elo goes up, and then. And then you probably don't get to do it again. You know, now it's a harder field. So, so I'm kind of trying to time my, 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 my breakout tournament That's uh, right funny. now. Yeah. No, granted, granted, uh, just to, just to finish, granted, just to, just to finish. I, I think that probably there's a lot of people trying to do this coming out of COVID. Uh, so I, I don't think it's good. I don't, I, I don't have any delusions about it being easy. I think there's going to be some killers no matter what even, the rating bracket is. Even pre COVID. I remember like the, like the under 1600s were just psychotic. Like the top no, ones. Dude. I believe it. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I got so tilted hearing you say that the ELO system works, and then saying that you're gonna play in an, an under an under X bracket. I was sure. like, dude, I played I, I played so much chess in high school, and I would like go to like super nationals or whatever, and I played uh -huh. in, like the U fourteen hundred section and U fourteen hundred section. I get like five and a half out of five, out of seven or whatever, and like your last round, you play some guy that's like clearly eighteen hundred strength and hasn't gone to a tournament mm. in like eight years. And I'm like, dude, I hate you. I hate that you're here. <laughs> I'm like, oh, maybe works is the wrong phrasing, I, but I picked like, up a cool 300 bucks doing this in college. Did you really? Yeah, Damn. I also wasn't that good. I mean, I was legitimately like in the under 1400 section or something like that. And I just went okay. like six out of seven. When I say works, I mean that like the numbers have meanings in a way that when we tried to do it in Smash, Hanky Panky was. It definitely would not work for Melee, yeah, but. Yeah, yeah. Hanky was, Hanky Hanky was, was like in his own five or something. As he should be. It, the it works winningest the melee player that, of all time. Yeah, sorry, sorry to clarify. It works insofar as like the numbers have meanings and like yeah, yeah, of course. You say someone's a so and so, and it's like yeah, okay, I have a general idea of what you mean by that. I 
I'd like to see it, and I think it'd be good content because I definitely remember when I was playing a bunch, and Ambi probably when you were playing a bunch, it was just completely unheard of that like anybody who was over the age of twenty could see mm -hmm. like very few of them saw a drastic improvement, and the ones that did were like very hyped up and very kind of meme in specific ways. Ambi can speak to this a bit more. Like yeah, I don't know, like if you call like Carlos Delamasa type of yeah, interesting. We're like. He's like, I did a billion tactics problems over and over again, and now I went from like being thirteen hundred to nineteen hundred or something like that. Like, wrote a bunch of books about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that guy was funny. I think that um, yeah, Rapid Chess Improvement is the name of that book, and uh, basically it's like, okay, get Chess Tactics R three and then do all of that like seven times in a row, and then uh, right in random order you to, until you have to do it like forty hours a week. Um, for like eight months, and then you'll definitely, it'd be impossible for you to not be 2000 with, uh, you know, this page chess puzzles. And wow. you know, like I did that, <laughs> I did that in uh, in high school and I got a lot better at the game, but I think you definitely don't, <laughs> that's definitely not <laughs> the best way to improve. Yeah, what's the, what's the equivalent really of that in Melee? You just a bunch of safe states. Like Uncle Punch did, right? You practice yeah. tech chasing yeah, like, okay. and I definitely actually, unironically, sorry, go ahead, yeah. Actually, on a radical, yeah, I mean, it probably say, like, would work better in melee than it would for chess. That's for sure. Almost like drug foxy is the way that you would think about it, I guess. Where drug fox is like, there's free stuff on the table. Situations. Learn to take the free things. Yeah, yeah, in some sense. I made but that he... comparison, and I think that the drug fox people were not flattered by it, which was not my intention, but because I think it works, right? So I was like, oh yeah, no, this is good. No, drug. Drogfox has literally given me that advice. He's like, yeah, if you have a million say states and you practice all these situations, you'll just you just. I mean, because uh, I remember it really clearly. Like, I we watched the a set where I played. I played hacks at Paradigm Shift, and he beat me two one last stock. And he's like, "Look, if you uncle punch this situation, you would have won the set." And I'm like, "That's fair." Um, to be fair, I don't think he makes that suggestion. Like, he probably doesn't make that suggestion. Not even probably. He doesn't make that suggestion to whatever the melee equivalent of thirteen hundred is. To those people, yeah. he says you need to just play a lot more, which is true. Um, Cause like yeah, at that level, you just need to like, you you, you you're missing you, like you you just need to get the muscle memory for all the shit. <laughs> it's not specific yet, you know. It, you got to build the neuron fucking yeah pathways. Dude, I swear, like when I play melee ranked, my level of play just goes down like fifty times. Ranked play, specifically, ranked specifically. Yeah, ranked ranked. I play way worse on. Like I can't. I, this is so embarrassing to admit, like, live. Eric, you're going to burst out laughing. I struggle to clear, like, 1950 on, on ranked. I can't, I can't clear 2K on ranked. It's just, like, I've played hundreds of sets. I've just always, like, I just, like, lose once, and then I lose, like, eight more you're times. You're just hard stuck at it. Yeah, I'm just hard stuck. I cannot break. I think 1950's pretty good, dude. I don't know. It's not that bad, I, yeah. You, yeah. I think you don't have that dog in you. I cannot, I cannot break 2K for the life of me. I don't know what it is. And then Dude, I, then I, then I go on land and I play really well. I don't know what, I, I don't know what's wrong. I will say, just speaking of the number 1950, I will say there's a lot of players where I'll play them and I'm like, this person's pretty good. Like, you know, and then I look at their slipping profile and they're like, plat two or something. And it's like 1800 something, and I'm like. Huh? That's just good. <laughs> like, that's just yeah, that's good. that's literally yeah, me. I, that's what happens with me. But I lose like. 
five or six in a row off are there, tilting. Are there matchups you're bad at? I feel like this has to be the, for a lot of the people I run no, into. No, it, it happens against in my strong matchups, and then like my weak matchups suddenly become. I'm like, yes, I want to play a Sheik. I'm so happy. Give me Sheik and Link. Then I run into like plat two falco or fox and i just lose it makes no sense i don't understand I think link is one of your weak matchups that's just a very funny thing i'm not gonna gold. let that just slide that's a link is very specific there. yeah gold two falcos are uh, gold two foxes are the best foxes in the game they'll kill you i watched oh, yeah <laughs> i watched a gold two fox kill um a pr player from florida every single time i've every opening a combo breaker and win the set that makes sense Gold two, because you started by saying gold two Falcos, and I was about to cut you off in the hardest way. No, and then you they're, said gold they're two, terrible. Gold yeah. two foxes are four hundred elo points higher than gold two Falcos. <laughs> it's true. It's true. We should say it. It's uh, <laughs> so true. Feeding an end this point. So that's true. really funny. About, but we all gold. agree. Is the fucked up part. All of us know exactly what. Yeah, they're, gold two Falcos. They're hopeless. Falcos, they get beaten with hammers so on land. I, they do. They really do. Gold two Falcos are so bad. How are they there? How did they get to gold down? Why are the foxes still? I don't get it. It's a beautiful world out there. Toph, if a, uh, if anyone listening to the show wants to follow your your ex your uh, expeditions, yeah, yeah, sure. Let's go with that. Your expeditions in melee, chess, ITGs, anything else. Uh, boxing, I guess. You, you, yeah. Again. Yeah, and punching people. Where can they follow you? I um, dude, I'm actually working on it. That's funny you bring that up real quick before I answer this question because uh, I'm I, I think I might do a thing with my my boxing coach from the thing where he wants to learn chess really bad. So we're gonna trade free chess lessons for free boxing lessons. But anyway, oh, nice. um, yeah, tough BBQ and everything. I'd really appreciate if anyone who doesn't follow the reads on or subscribe to the reads on YouTube, um. That's where I'm doing the most content these days, even though I am bringing back my own stream and uh, my YouTube and stuff. Because I didn't have a good PC for a while, and I do now, so um, I'm going to start streaming again. And uh, hopefully, yeah, I'm just thinking about what the people want to see on, on YouTube and things like that. But um, King of the cube. King of the cube. I want, no, it's, it's – I dude, I feel so bad for Spark. Spark asks me literally like once a, once a month <laughs> and sometimes once a week. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it for sure. King of the Cube was so amazing, but the the only problem was near the end when no one would bet with me anymore. They all recognized me going into chat, and they'd either say, "No, I'm not betting with you," or "You need a like, you need help." <laughs> Who did you bet on where you made the most money? It was F Fiction Spark. Oh, uh, uh, and that was—I I mean, that was a hard one to call too. So the funny thing is, um, I specifically. I specifically try to bring on challengers. I mean, I freely admitted this. I try to bring on challengers where the challenger is somewhat favored. Not skill-wise, but matchup-wise. Um, the only time I didn't do this was when I told Spark he could be on it, and then Kadoran was the reigning king. And I told Kadoran, like, hey, man, do you want me to bring on Spark some other week? Or, or, or other way... Sorry, other way around. Kadoran was going to come in. Spark was reigning king. And then I told Kadoran, like, do you want to wait until... You know, I'd rather bring you in against a Spacey or someone who you're supposed to beat. And he was like, no, I want the Sheik practice, even though I think Spark will beat me, because this was like when he had just started working on the <laughs> Sheik matchup. He was like, I do want the practice, so uh, so put me in. But I, most weeks, most weeks I would go so far as to say is there's almost a clear favorite. Um, so in that in that sense, it might be a hard format to bet on because like, but but Fiction Spark, yeah, Fiction Spark could go either way. I, that's just a good bet if you if you made money on that one. Yeah, it was it was crazy because I thought it was really I thought it was really close and I. I think Fiction's actually kind of had his number lately offline, but this was this was on uh, this was online, 
I think I think Spark I think it was Spark who I ended up betting on that won because I took like I took like six or seven different people and just said wow. deal 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 and I just I just won all of it which is that's crazy great. that's yeah. crazy yeah well uh that's I'm happy to hear you say that I'll I'll, I'll definitely keep that in mind yeah Chroma where can the where can the uh, the people follow you shit I don't know things are pretty wild these days you know, four side <laughs> fights. Four side fights, you can find me. Uh, sometimes I'm on Twitter. Uh, the government's trying to find me. They think I was in the White House. My tweets are getting a lot of bookmarks now, and I'm a little worried. Um, but yeah, you know, four side fights is always a good spot. And uh, probably, hopefully, a couple tournaments near the end of the summer. Hey, Ambie, how about you? Uh, follow me on Twitch at AmbieSinister underscore. I mostly stream my stuff stepping on arrows and like complaining about my pad. Um, <laughs> I've been streaming kind of a lot lately, um, which is cool. Um, definitely excited to make a lot of progress at, at Sipping on Arrows. But yeah, I, I kind of echo Chroma's sentiment, kind of, I don't know where you would follow me. Um, follow at Ambi Training on YouTube, where I post scores. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. That type of stuff. Yeah, well, on you YouTube? Follow... <laughs> is that what you said? Yeah. Ambi Training. Okay. It's a the, the profile picture is this is the swole doge, that that's my profile picture. That's how you know it's me. It's kind of a generic name, otherwise. So mm. nice. All right. Well, if you want to follow anything melee stats related, depending on how long it's uh, going for, and assuming it does not shut down, you can go to twitter.com/meleestatspod where you can catch promotion promotional uh, content for all our other media pieces and everything you can also follow uh last night in melee which we recap daily tournament results from the night prior you can go to melee stats co where you can read articles like monday morning marth which i write or you can read when's melee which preview and up or which basically preview an upcoming weekend of melee tournaments like this week with ludwig's event you can go to melee stats archive where you can listen to past podcast episodes like this one on youtube or you can go to the main melee stats channel where you can watch all our video essays and if you love what we do and you want to support it you want to give us a little bit of assistance in doing stuff like the melee stats free agent showcase you can go to patreon.com slash melee stats where a subscription will really help us continue doing super cool things for melee like the show and like bringing you guys summer rank in the top 100 and everything melee stats related so thanks a lot for tuning in. Toph, thank you so much for your time. Chroma, Andy, thank, thank you both as well. And to the fans, I'll see you next week where we'll be recapping LACS and previewing Fate. So until then, peace out, guys. Thanks. <laughs>